Good to have you along here at Three and Out on this Thursday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us so much to uh, to get to here on the program. As again, we look at uh, the NFL uh, now heading towards the draft and all that uh, that entails. Also, Major League Baseball met with the players today, fifteen whole minutes today, uh, and I think the two lead negotiators uh, for each side met for about twenty minutes after that. So maybe if you want to stretch that out, uh, they talked for almost. Almost 40 whole minutes. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you could uh, you could you could stretch that. We'll get to that. Uh, are they any closer to a deal? And what's next for uh, Major League Baseball? Also, uh, Cole Thompson's got mock draft out. Uh, he will uh, will join us. We'll talk the very latest uh, with him. And also uh, Jeff uh, Jeff Hagler from WXXA TV in South Mississippi uh, covers uh, Southern Miss. We'll get his thoughts, kind of his perspective on this whole Sunbelt Conference USA thing. Well, certainly Southern Miss, one of the teams that Conference USA is saying, we will use all of our legal recourse to make sure you stay and fulfill the contract after Southern Miss, along with Marshall and Old Dominion, have said, nope, we're out. We are leaving as of July 1. So he'll join us coming up in hour number two here on the program. Really looking forward to talking to him uh, about that. But, uh, Ben, obviously we've got... Uh, the countdown to Super Bowl is, is over, and everybody's looking now towards draft, free agency, and how we're going to improve uh, our, our football teams here. You had the Senior Bowl, I think the East-West Shrine already. you got the Legacy Bowl going on uh, this week uh, for HBCUs, and then you've got the Combine and Pro Days, and you're ready to go. Oh, I, I think the exposure level has definitely picked up, uh, Kevin, over the years, but I, I'm always trying to ask who's getting the most Who's getting the best exposure? Who's benefiting the most? Most people say combine. Obviously, you're talking about what a four to five day event. Uh, it's gonna have the 300. I I don't want to even say the 300 best. The 300 uh 300 or so guys that got invited, the top quarterbacks, top running backs, so on and so forth. But that's more or less breaking down the athlete. How are you as an athlete? How fast? How strong? How big? Hand size, arm length, so on and so forth. Jim Nagy. Uh, you know, the uh, uh, the commission over the senior bowl, I look at all the guys that be, uh, you know, thanking him for getting the invite because you're going through practice. I mean, and and you got every coach, every GM, position coach, they're going to be there watching how you go through, <coughs> excuse me, um, uh, drills. You got East-West Shrine. I don't even know when they play the East-West Shrine anymore. I know they play it. But I don't know when they play it. It's, and it's, it's gotten less affair. You talk about the Legacy Bowl going on right now. Steve Weich and Doug Williams and NFL Network is putting it on. So I know a lot of people are saying, which one is giving you the most exposure? I would say first, the Senior Bowl. Because I want to see what type of practice. play You're going to practice a lot. You play one day a week. I want to see your practice habits. How do you deal with adversity? How do you deal with working with guys you never worked with? How do you deal with picking up a playbook, conceptualizing that playbook, uh, you know, applying it on the field? I would say number two might be the Legacy Bowl. Now, I'm just talking about from exposure. I don't know how many guys are going to end up getting drafted, but NFL Network ain't putting on the Shrine Bowl. I mean, the East West Shrine. The Senior Bowl is the most prestigious, obviously. You know, the Combine. You know, I mean, it's the most tradition rich. But for me, Kevin, if I'm coming out right now, Sam Howell went to the Senior Bowl. He wasn't even senior. That's how prestigious it is. Obviously, if I'm in the HBCU, I want to. I'm. I, you know, I hope to get invited to the Legacy Bowl if I am a, a draft eligible player. Everybody hopes to get uh, uh, get invited to the combine. They tell you that, but eighty five percent of the combine gets drafted. Not, not everybody that gets invited is going to get drafted, and some guys don't get invited to get drafted. 
and the East West Shrine. I do think that the Legacy Bowl is gonna it's gonna need a little more because you don't know who the players are. That's gonna come from more TV deals and do who do we see? I know you got Dion and Hugh Jackson and Doug Williams and uh Eddie George and those guys, but those are the coaches. I didn't know who the players are, but for me, I think it is the senior bowl. I think the legacy bowl has done an incredible job. The the there's so many festivities going on with the freak, the freaking uh combine seemed like a freaking TV series. It seemed like it never goes off. And as soon as somebody runs a 429, they go show that every other, you know, and then you got the run, rich run, and and the different things. But Kevin, I mean, for me, I, I just think that most guys don't get invited to the combine. East West Shrine ain't never it's really lost his luster. So I think now. If you ain't going to the senior bowl these days, I think you, I think that's going to be the one that's going to give you probably the best possible exposure because obviously it ain't even about the game. Yeah, it, it's about it's about making sure that hey man, if, if Mike Tomlin say I want to, they run that drill again because I want to see you get some reps. I think uh, that's going to probably give you the best uh, possible outcome. Yeah, I mean because I think you, you get invited to the combine, they already know, uh, right? Uh, they, you get invited to the combine because they already kind of have an idea of what you can do, and I think the combine. And we'll get into more of this. I think that's more of a validator of what you've seen, to me, than it is anything else. Uh, the combine, to me, has become a, all right, this is what we believe we have. Let's just make sure we can back it up with some kind of hard data to validate what we think we've seen from the tape, from interviews, from all the other stuff. I, I think you're right, Ben. The senior world, a little bit smaller group, a little bit more select group. Uh, where, as you said, you're working with NFL teams at practice. Everybody's got teams there. You can have a chance to uh, interact with some uh, some people there at the Senior Bowl. To me, that's where a guy, if you are a uh, draft eligible prospect as a senior, really has a chance to uh, improve your, your draft stock. And I think we have seen guys right here in our own area. Uh, Leotis McKelvin, several years ago, came in out of Troy. A lot of people were like, who is this guy? And had kind of a third, fourth round draft grade. Mm-hmm. Went to the Senior Bowl, had great workouts, had great practices, looked good in drills, and improved over the course of that Senior Bowl. Where people said, "Hey, maybe this kid is, is a first round draft pick." Then you go to the the combine, kind of validate what you saw on tape, and at the Senior Bowl, all of a sudden, he, I think uh, he was uh, top fifteen. Was yeah. he thirteen? Yeah. Top fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leos McKelvin was out of Troy, formerly, uh, you know, by way of uh, Ware County High School. So. I played a long time uh, in the league. So I think you're right. I think the Senior Bowl probably the best evaluation tool, the best exposure tool outside of just your regular game tape that you can get because everybody who is anybody, so to speak, in the NFL is going to be right there for you to talk to where, to me, I think a lot of teams do the combine as the the proofread, so to speak. Like you and BJ just got done doing a book. You put the book together, you're like, oh, this looks good, this looks good, this looks good. And then when you get together, finally all ready to get good and done, <laughs> that's the that's the combine. We're going to go through this thing one time. Yep, that's what we have here. That's what we have here. It all looks good. And that's the way I kind of view uh, the combine is validating what you, what you know or maybe discrediting what you think you know uh, a, a little bit as far as, you know, you don't get invited to the combine unless they're pretty sure you got a great chance. <laughs> Uh, getting drafted uh, at the end of the day. So in terms of exposure and what it can do for yourself, I don't know that the combine is necessarily it. I, I'm going to go with you with some of these uh, pre-combine showcases, things of that nature. Well, yeah, Kevin, because you know this. I mean, when you look at the Senior Bowl, right, I mean, they're only going to show you highlights of guys that, you know, you may not know of, but the guys that's out there dominate. But these are names you heard before. Talking about the combine, th- th- what's dangerous is it's all you. Like you doing some football related drills, you you know you running, you running routes, you blocking, you catching, but if I've never been fast, I'm not gonna get fast because my hands on the line. 
If I ain't never been that strong, I'm sorry, but I, you know, I'm a good football player. So I think sometimes it's really just breaking down, breaking down the athlete, breaking them down to say, look, man, put a put a name with a face. Is he six five or is he six three? Does he have thirty five inch arms or thirty two inch arms? Uh, you know, can he can he make the throws or not? And I think sometimes to that scrutiny level is something that you want because they want because certain guys have leverage. They say, I'm not throwing, I'm not running, I'm not doing it. Certain guys, they're like, well, you don't have that leverage, man. You have to do it. So I do think that when you're talking about these post, uh, postseason um, you know, evaluation uh, opportunities, senior bowl is going to be one. I didn't even know that non-seniors could go until this year. Um, obviously, the combine, you hope to get an invite. Even if you don't work out, you want to at least do the uh, interviews. But uh, like I said, the Legacy Bowl has done an incredible job the way in which they're doing it. Because it gives you so much exposure, and the Steve Watches of the world, the Bucky Brooks of the world, definitely helps out. But if you get to go to the East West Shrine, I don't know when they play it. I don't know who gets invited to it. I think it is. Now I will say this: it's, it's prestigious to get invited to any one of them because for everybody that does, there is hundreds of players that do not. But I do think uh, the Senior Bowl, you know, that's the one. Legacy Bowl because I was that's that's their that's their uh, that's their time to shine. Uh, uh, you know, and some of those guys in the Legacy Bowl did uh, did get an invite to the um, to the combines. It's only, I think it's like five or six guys, and ain't the East West Shrine. But I, I I will say this: if you have a chance to do anything post, you know, uh, you know, after your last down of college football, I would say yes to it. Don't think I'm just gonna work out. You want to be you want to be as, in front of as many eyes as possible because every every other day it's a mock draft, and it's never the same. <laughs> Every other day, but I think being in front of those evaluators is going to give you the best shot. But, yeah, man, Senior Bowl, keep doing what you're doing. Legacy Bowl, uh, Dion, Doug Williams, everybody involved. Great job. NFL Network, great job. The Combine is a creme de la creme because that's what we've grown up watching. That's what we've grown to know and love. And, hey, man, East West Shrine, I mean, they better hope that another uh, postseason bowl game doesn't come up as far as, like, evaluation because I think that's going to push them even farther down the line. We've got a lot to get to here on 3 and Out, certainly as we get into this pre-draft process. Major League Baseball and the Players Association had a meeting today. We'll give you the latest coming out of that. Cole Thompson set to join us. We're talking some NFL draft with him this hour as well. It is 3 and Out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. We'd love to hear from you on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. And we are streaming live uh, as well at ESPNCoastal.com. And you can see us live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, like, subscribe to our Twitter cha- our Facebook channel. What am I saying? Like, subscribe to our YouTube channel, excuse me, at uh, ESPN Coastal, and not miss uh, any time we go live with the show here on uh, the Southern Pixie Radio Network. We're coming back. We're talking pre-draft here around the NFL right here on 3. Good to have you here 3 and out on this Thursday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us here on 3 and out. We'll hear from Cole Thompson, SI.com. Got his uh, latest mock draft out. He only does four, but this is uh, mock draft uh, post-Super Bowl. He won't do another one again until post combine so uh he'll join us coming up in just a little bit as the falcons going on the defensive side of the ball we'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit but obviously the pre-draft process for players ben you know it well pre-draft process for teams trying to validate what they're seeing on film and on tape and certainly trying to float out ideas hey maybe we're really interested in this guy so somebody else would be interested so our guy will fall to us uh in the draft how much of that do you think actually goes on where Guys will get talked up, put out there in national dinners like, oh, did you hear about – oh, no, we're not. But did you hear about this? We were talking some, uh, some motors the other day. They said, man, they love this guy, quarterback. 
We, we, we didn't talk to him. But, you know, like, how much of that do you think gets thrown out there pre-draft of, man, we love this guy, love this guy, and all of a sudden you start seeing him tick up the draft boards where teams are trying to float a little uh, little BS out there. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of gamesmanship. I, I definitely think, Kevin, when you – the higher you are up in the draft, like, if you're number three, right, that's the most inopportune place to be because you think to yourself, dude, I – we got to wait to see what the first and second guys do. And, and let's, let's face it, look, the, t- the top ten players could go anywhere, right? But I will say the gamesmanship has to be there because these scouts, this, okay, this is when the scouts are really on display. If you're in a room, you throw out a name, you're not going to get oohs and ahs from everybody in the room because people look at people scout things differently. Certain guys have been scouting their whole life. Certain guys have been, you know, these Johnny-come-lately scouts who where, hey, man, I'm looking at these next-gen stats and all these things, the – uh the uh, what, what Kevin, you cut what is it with the nerd stats or whatever? Yeah, the little nerd stats. Yeah, the the, uh, the analytics. Yeah, the yeah. analytics. But the thing about <laughs> it is, is now I do think you need both. I, I will say this: you got the guys to say I, straight eye test. You got the guys to do the next gen stats, but I think you got guys that just know football players. They be like, look, man, you get first round grades, second round grades, third round grades, and so on and so forth. Once you start talking about fifth, once you get past like a third, so he's a four to seven, which means he can go anywhere, but. You want to have a grade. I think I think uh, when people say, man, how does Ty Mache or how does Mel Kiper know? That's their job. Their job is you give them a team to throw in our players. No matter what team, FBS, SES, G5, P5, HBCU, NAIA, they know them. But you start realizing how many players it is. Like when somebody goes, dude, you were the number one player in 20, you know, 20, whatever it is, 2020, 22. Yeah. And somebody goes, how? He don't know. No one knows why. Uh I played with Ronnie Brown in the 2000 Florida-Georgia High School All-Star game. Ronnie Brown was a fullback because Rashad Lee Rashad Lee from, from Brunswick High School was a starting running back, and he played quarterback at Brunswick High. And you fast forward in that 2004 uh, Cadillac Williams and Ronnie Brown went number two and number five. That's their backfield. So if you're a running back, you say, thanks a lot, Auburn, because two of the top five picks – we're in the same backfield. So I just think that as much as we think we know where guys going to go, the only people who are going to get exaggerated more than anybody are the quarterbacks. And, and BJ and I had a conversation about this yesterday. I want to get your thoughts on it because uh, you weren't here to kind of give your, 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 your thoughts on it. But uh, we, we talked about, hey, would you value a quarterback highly in your draft class if you were the Falcons? I mean, you have Matt Ryan already. Mm-hmm. You know you at least got one more year. You're sitting there at eight. Not a tremendous quarterback class per se, but the the couple of guys at the top people think are pretty good, and maybe you get a chance to grab one of those. Are you freaking out about the quarterbacks? Because we've seen it again. I I threw out the other day. Was Christian Ponder like? Was somebody like, man, we got Christian Ponder? Was like they freaked out and got a quarterback. I think Jake Locker went in that draft. Was like, oh man, we need to get a quarterback. We're gonna move up. We're gonna get Jake Locker. Like you gave him a. Second round grade and took Jake Locker. I think Jake Locker did he go like ten, number ten overall, something yeah, like that. And, and, so, uh, I mean, and, and and he actually went back to school. They had him projected to be the number one pick in the uh, the previous draft, but went back to school. Only dropped like like seven, eight. Yeah, he was a top ten pick with the Titans. Which you see, you see how that ended up. But I will say this, Kevin. I mean, you have to though, not because necessarily because of, because they play quarterback. Look at what quarterbacks are doing in the league. Like, look, you can hit the jackpot with a Joe Burrow. You can hit the jackpot with a Lamar Jackson. Or, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson, Ben Rosenberger, Bella Rivers. 
And you can get a lot of duds. But I will say this, Kevin. This is why it really shouldn't matter. Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen got drafted, I think, 10th or 11th overall. He's been on a different team every year. Now, eating money is something you do every year, but you got to swing for the fences. Matty Ice has made it so that the same team has gone through, what, 13, 14 drafts with the same guy. That is a luxury because most teams don't do that. I mean, Eli Manning got to do it with the Giants, and Pittsburgh had got a chance to do it with uh, being Rosenberger. You talk, people talk about what Drew Brees ended up. Drew Brees got drafted by the San Diego Chargers. He did not get drafted by New Orleans. He was just there the longest. So I will say, Kevin, you got to stretch for him because sometimes all you get in a viable backup. Like you said, look, man, if, if it goes off the rails, this guy, you know, we love him. But, I mean, you know, the whole training room is lit up with Ben Gay. That's him, <laughs> his whole body. He's struggling. I think you have to try to get a quarterback because nothing stabilizes your organization more than a quarterback because even if you got to get the players around him, you can see you got something to build on. And I and and but I if see, you're Atlanta, how how oh, Arthur Smith, how serious are you looking at quarterback if you could get and again, I don't know, it depends on how it plays out, but at number eight, you could get the top one or two guys potentially on your board at quarterback. I would I would I wouldn't go I wouldn't go this year only because you I mean, when's the last time listen. When last time Matty Ice got hurt, even with this offensive line, I mean he's still well, out. You're there. drafting him to sit. Yeah, you drafted him to sit. When you, when in a sense, how many guys in that 2021 draft class had to be not just contributors, key contributors? Because, I mean, Julio Jones made it so you could sign your whole draft class. You know, Cam looking at the, the whew, if it was rough last year, they're in the negatives. I mean, Atlanta's yeah. one of the worst teams now for, for salary cap space, and they just got rid of Dante Fowler Jr. I think because you need everybody. That you're going to draft, you can't get a quarterback. And I will say this too, Kevin, NFC South. All right, no Drew Brees anymore. No Tom Brady anymore. No one's scared of Carolina, right? Uh, I think when you look at this division, maybe Atlanta's just built to do it the veteran route. Because you're like, hey, man, maybe we wait a year and maybe we get one of these veterans. Uh, you know, because Matty Ice got, you know, he, we know he got one more year now. 2023? Even the fans, this Mrs. Ryan gonna blame that. We done, you know, we done took all the money. I just think that you can get the you can you can surround him with some players for one year because you can go all in for a year because you I think you you ain't gonna be able to build through free agency because you ain't got no money unless you start getting rid of some of these contracts. So I don't think Atlanta you do it because right now you got the best quarterback in the division by 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 a mile. You just got to be able to uh, give him some help. So I I would say no on Atlanta this year. Cause that gives you a that gives you a full year to develop a rookie that's coming back in twenty twenty three and hopefully they have like an AJ Terrell type type yeah, second. And year. again, I, I I am I'm with you. I we actually uh, talked to to BJ and I yesterday. He was like, "Hey, you want to develop the replacement for Matt Ryan?" I was like, "I get that, but you have so many holes in your in your roster and on your roster." That, to me, drafting a guy to sit, and he's going to sit. Like, I understand when you say some of these other guys, maybe they sat for a few games and got in there. You're drafting a guy to not play because, as you said, Matt Ryan's not going to get here. I don't think you make yourself better. And, again, I don't think this Falcons team is going into the season going, hey, we can win the Super Bowl. But, yeah, this Falcon, this is also a Falcons fan base and franchise that's not going to say, yeah, man, it's cool if we go 5-12 and 12 again because we're just waiting on that next quarterback. No. Make the playoffs, lose in the first round. Who cares? That's a step in the right direction. You don't do that if you're drafting a guy to not play. I, I think I, I agree with you, Ben. You draft everybody you get right now needs to be able to play uh, to, to come in and help because defense you are well below average. Oof. Offensively, and again, not 
Not his fault, but you don't have Calvin Ridley, and you don't know if you're ever going to have Calvin mm. Ridley, and that makes a big difference in how you uh, how you look offensively. I mean, Kyle Pitts had the most yards ever by a rookie tight end, but he only had one touchdown. So I, I and, 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 and didn't even have that in the state. And, and, and I know, Ben, but you you've talked about that. You said for Kyle Pitts to make up for some of that slack. Yeah. How do you impact your team the most? Is it yards? Maybe. But it's how many times you get in that end zone, and that was one of the detractors uh, we saw on Julio Jones was Julio Jones would get you a thousand yards, but I think one year he had three touchdowns, mm-hmm. four or five touchdowns. Like he's also got to be able to, uh, and I know a lot goes into that, but Kyle Pitts has got to find a way to get more explosive in the red zone and get in the end zone more than one time in seventeen games to affect that Atlanta Falcons football team. So if he takes a step forward, you could be a whole lot better in twenty twenty two. Again. I don't care if you like Kenny Pickett. Or I just I'm not drafting a guy to sit right now while I still have. Ma- if you're going to draft Kenny Pickett, honest, I mean, honest to goodness, if you're sitting here right now and say, I think we're going to get K- Kenny Pickett or maybe Malik Willis, don't Matt Ryan and just let Felipe Franks play. I mean, I mean, I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, because because what 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 else? Are you, I mean, why 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 did you make a big to do about or keeping don't him around? Matt Ryan and let Josh Rosen play because Josh Rosen is right. a backup. But but this is another thing too, though, Kevin. How much more pressure is it on that front office when you draft the first round guy? Look at how many of those first round guys dra- got played. Like Matt Jones played. I mean, you talk about uh, you, I mean, you talk about like uh, Trey Lance pl- should have played a lot more out there in San Francisco. Justin Fields played because in their mind, okay, that, he's right there. And if Matty Ice has a bad game, do the Boo Birds come out? Oh man, put the rookie in. And the rookie probably ain't gonna. I don't know play if you'll Boo Bird Matt Ryan or not in Atlanta. I, I don't I just know think, if it's to that point, yeah. but. I, I just look at it and say, you have Matt Ryan there. You made a decision to keep him. Yes. If I make the decision to keep him, I'm trying. I'm tr- and I know that's a big discussion around the NFL. I'm, about, I'm trying to win if I have Matt Ryan, which means I'm not drafting a quarterback with my first pick. I'm getting a guy that can play right now uh, at the end of the day. And certainly a lot goes into uh, that. we got mock drafts uh, galore. Cole Thompson, Sports Illustrated, will join us at SI.com when we come back. It's three and out of the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you here on this Thursday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. As the NFL looks towards the uh, the combine and all the uh, the pre-draft workouts and things that are going to be taking place over the next uh, couple of weeks uh, leading up towards uh, April. And joining us here from SI.com, got his uh, latest 2022 NFL mock draft out. Cole Thompson joins us here on 3 and Out. Cole, welcome to the show. How are you? Doing good, guys. How about you guys? Hey, we're doing fantastic. I know uh, Evan Neal's the guy you had number one overall to uh, Jacksonville. Is that a guy you feel like is going to stay there uh, through this draft process because it makes so much sense to help protect Trevor Lawrence? You know, I think that's kind of the biggest thing you have to look at. I understand you guys uh, the Jacksonville drafted Walker a little last season in the second round. And there's tremendous upside with him coming out of Stanford. One of the biggest reasons why he wasn't a first-round talent was due to the injury he suffered towards his final year before going into the draft. But he has to be guaranteed sold that he is a franchise left tackle if you're going to pass on talent like Neal. Adding in an offensive-minded coach like Doug Peterson and having the quarterback at Trevor Lawrence with his inconsistencies and the struggles last year, you have to be able to build around him because, of, again, you look at the upside and the intangibles of what Lawrence possesses, he is, on paper, a top-ten quarterback F in the NFL for years to come. So you got to make sure that you protect him as all possible. When you look at Evan Neal, reminds me a lot of a guy like Taylor Luan coming out really good in pass protection, but sneaky talented against the run blocking set. When you have two running backs like Travis Etienne and James Robinson coming back next season, you want to be able to utilize the run game and take some pressure off of Lawrence very early on in his career. 
That's why adding a guy like Neal makes a ton of sense. You can move Little over to the right side if you want to move Jawan Taylor inside. You can also do that or potentially try to trade him this offseason. Well, a guy like Neal offers you stability at the most important position for a quarterback, which is the left tackle spot. Adding him makes too much sense when you have a young quarterback and a now offensive-minded coach running the personnel. So, Cole, I mean, that being said, you get an Evan Neal to go along with a young Jawan Taylor going into, I think, his uh, third year in the AFC South that's wide open. Do you see this? Do you see this Jaguars team competing in the AFC South next year? I expect them to be better. I expect them to actually finish above the Houston Texans, but I wouldn't say competing just yet. I know that they have over $60 million in salary cap space, but it's a team that needs a lot of help on different areas. I thought their secondary was a very atrocious during the, during the later part of the season. I thought their linebacking core was okay at best. You could probably upgrade there. The offensive line is in need of a ton of work, and you need to get Trevor Lawrence some wide receivers. So whether that be free agency, whether that be in the draft, Maybe going ahead and trading up into the end of the first round to get one of these top five guys makes a lot of sense. They're probably, with having a guy like Peterson, plus this offensive personnel stuff that he's brought in, about a 6-7 win team if Lawrence can hit all the strides. But they're probably about a year away from actually contending for an AFC South title. Cole Thompson joining us here on 3 and Out. And, and Cole, as you look at this, this first round, obviously you have – uh, some super seniors and some things like that with the extra year, some college guys were able to get. How deep uh, is this draft? Just looking at your your mock and the top ten picks, not a lot of quarterback, wide receivers up there, a lot of D-line, offensive line type stuff all in that top ten especially. How deep is uh, the trenches here in this draft? I'm a little bit higher on the defensive line than I think most people. I think you can see about seven to eight pass rushers go on day one. I really do like a lot of this talent. And there's a lot of good names you can find on day two. Boy Mafe out of Minnesota, really impressed out of the senior bowl. I thought that there was a, um, a Wesley Phillips out of Western Kentucky as a nice day three option. But Jai Sanders is a really nice hybrid type player that fits that Leo type role. Very similar to like a Carlos Dunlap on day two. So in that aspect, there's a lot of good talent to where you don't need to reach on a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson at pick number one if you're not completely sold that they're going to be a difference maker. At the wide receiver position, another really good year to go get yourself some pass catchers. There's a lot of guys on day two. Calvin Austin out of, uh, out of Memphis. Alec Pierce out of uh, um, uh, Cincinnati makes a lot of sense. Getting a guy like John Mechie, who maybe won't start week one but should be available by midseason. Absolutely is a great find, someone who's probably going to be available in the third round that probably would have been a top 40 selection. So these are two positions to where I think that if you're not sold on a guy very early on, you don't need to reach, you don't need to go ahead and overspend or get that draft capital. Go ahead and find guys that fit your system because there's a lot of talent in those areas. And, and tight end's another one as well. There's not a bona fide number one tight end or first round prospect. What's going to say two and three? There is a very small margin of error between the first guy and the fourth guy. Atlanta Falcons got a lot of holes to fill. I mean, just like them Jacksonville Jaguars, not not any money to spend in free agency right now. You got in your in your latest mock draft. You got them getting Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU. How does he fit in a very very young defense that that still can't find a way to rush the passer? I think the reality is that you got to look at positional value. And I, I value cornerback as much as I value pass rusher at this point. When you look, especially in the NFC South, how many talented receivers are there, getting a guy to pair along with A.J. Terrell, who could actually be better than A.J. Terrell by the end of the season, is a must. The biggest thing with Stingley is that you have to realize his production has diminished since the 2019 season. But if he tests well during the, uh, the combine at Indianapolis, 
There's a lot to like about him. Good size, good fluidity, really good cover speed, uh, good read and reaction time, not a lot of error uh, margin for error for him. He has been one of the staple guys inside of LSU for the last few years and probably was the best defensive back on that national championship team as a freshman. The upside for him is just too potential. If you're sold on a guy like a George Carlosis or a David Ajabo, both of whom are not as refined pass rushers, by all means, go ahead and take them. We understand that, you know, you look at Atlanta's offense, uh, defensive line, they finished dead last in sacks last year. They were one of three teams that did not get over 20 sacks in the season. And they just cut Dante Fowler Jr., who was their leading sack artist. So if you're okay with getting a guy that you feel is going to be a tremendous upside player over time, by all means, David Ajabo out of Michigan, George Carlotis out of Purdue, even Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State makes a ton of sense at pick number eight. But if you're not sold on that, go with the best player available. It's hard to imagine a guy like Derek Stingley Jr. not being a top five pick. All you at pick number eight is an absolute steal. Yeah, Cole, history would tell us in this state the Falcons going with a pass rusher in the draft typically hasn't worked out too well. Yeah, unfortunately, this is one of those years where you might just want to take the best player available, and there's not a shortage of players that you can go ahead and address. Offensive line, 40 sacks last year. That's definitely not going to cut it with a 37-year-old Matt Ryan. You can also look to go ahead and potentially find the heir apparent to Matt Ryan. Maybe a Malik Willis makes sense out of Liberty, even though he wouldn't probably play in 2022. You'd have your quarterback to build around in the future. Definitely think you can go ahead and upgrade a wide receiver with the whole Calvin Ridley situation. And even without Calvin Ridley, if he were to return, Russell Gage is a free agent. You can always want to go ahead and have a trio set of receivers to pair along with Kyle Pitts. And there's a lot of good depth on day two. I really like a guy like Cameron Thomas at San Diego State to play in this Dean Key system. I think a guy like Drew, um, a guy like uh, Majai Sanders would be a nice fit and a good replacement for a Dante Fowler Jr. So you don't need to reach on a pass rusher if there's one not there that's absolutely screaming, come pick us up. And Dean Key's knows how to work with undervalued pass rushers and get them thanks for their buck. Look at what Harold Landry was able to do as a second-round pick when drafted in 2018 to where he is now. And, Cole, that being said, I mean, I, when I heard you mention, like, best uh, player player available, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a you know, age-old question. Do you draft need or do you go best player available, especially with a team like Atlanta that needs almost everything? I feel like that's the biggest part is that Atlanta needs almost everything. And defensively, they need a lot of help on a lot of different areas. And Dean Keyes can only work with what he has. And you can see some of the frustration in him not being able to elevate the defense to the level he wants. So I personally think that you have to go defense round one, whether that be defensive line, defensive tackle. If you, if you find ways to fall in love with a linebacker, by all means, go ahead and get it. I personally wouldn't go that way. But there is a need at every single level of the defense. I think getting a secondary player, a guy like Kyle Hamilton calling to pick number eight, is a slam dunk steal for Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith to work with. Derek Singley is a name to watch for. Sars Gardner, this cornerback out of Cincinnati, is another name, really fluid cornerback who did not allow a single touchdown in man coverage during his three seasons at Cincinnati. Makes a ton of sense. They need to go get the BTA version because right now they are a team that feels like they could be contending in the NFC South, but they have to go ahead and fix a lot of these on the defense side of football. Cole Thompson uh, joining us to SI. has got his latest uh, mock draft out. And, hey, Cole, you talked about a little bit of the quarterbacks there. How warm are teams on this crop of quarterbacks? And who's a team that you think maybe panics and reaches on one of these guys? Cole, can you hear us? Yeah, sorry, right. uh, you guys went away. Um, 
I don't think Atlanta will panic. It really depends on the Denver Broncos and their situation with the Aaron Rodgers thing. You know, everyone wants to say that they're going to go get Aaron Rodgers. I've been told that they are very interested in potentially Jimmy Garoppolo at a right price. They aren't afraid to go ahead and maybe make a deal for Carson Wentz should he be available at the right price. But if they can't get any of that, you can't go into the next season with just Drew Locke as your starter. You have to have another backup plan. Getting a guy like Malik Willis, who has tremendous upside, the arm strength, the capability, dual threat mentality, plus has the ability to extend plays deep downfield, not only with his legs, but with his vision. It all comes down to refinement. you got to be able to go ahead and work on those little things, very similar to what Josh Allen had to do with coming out of Wyoming. Nathaniel Hackett worked with Aaron Rodgers the last two years, helping him become an MVP caliber player. Once again, it makes a lot of sense to pick number nine to go there. And afterwards, it really just becomes a trip, trip, uh, trickle effect. Once one quarterback goes, you'll start their guy. Because the last thing you want to do is be stuck at, say, Pittsburgh at pick number, t- uh, pick number 20 and have to settle for a guy like a Sam Howell or a Desmond Ritter, who might be great options on day two, but you're so desperate for a quarterback on day one, you overscores and get that guy early. Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, uh, Matt Corral. Which one of those guys – you know, got a chance to be the most, you know, NFL-ready. We know all of them got big arms. Some of them got dual threats like Malik and, you know, uh, you know, uh, Matt, Matt Corral. But which one, of you, which one of these guys you think is NFL-ready to start game one? I don't think any, to be completely honest. But if you ask me for one, Kenny Pickett is probably the most experienced. 52 starts underneath his belt. He's working on a variety of different offenses. And this past season, Mark Whipple took him out during the summer and made him work on passing drills on the short to intermediate route instead of the default. So that was where an area where he consistently thrived the past season for Pittsburgh. His season best in a completion rating at 70.3, really good arm strength at 9.9 yards to throw, uh, had over 40 touchdowns and only, I think, 10 interceptions. So you look at his decision-making, you look at his overall style of play, it's a lot of short to intermediate kind of steps. What you saw from Mac Jones in 2021 is very similar to what you'll see from Kenny Pickett and hopefully the emergence of a Joe Burrow-type player. Going to the right roster, though, is very key for a guy like Pickett. You need to have a good offensive line. You need to have stable wide receivers. If you have that, you could have immediate success right away with him as your starting quarterback. If not, it is going to be about a year or two before I think you really find his footing and you really see what he can be at the next level. Cole Thompson, SI.com, has got his latest mock draft up. Uh, ready to be perused. Uh, Cole, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Cole Thompson joining us here on 3 and Out. And, again, his latest mock draft out there on SI.com. We'll come back. Baseball and the players met today. How did that go? Well, you probably already know. It's 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here. 3 and Out on this Thursday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us. Baseball Owners and players getting back at it again, though, Ben. They met for 15 minutes, 20 minutes after that. Uh, the two lead negotiators from each side apparently had a little side conversation for about 20 minutes. So if you want to count that, they met for like 35 minutes uh, today. And, uh, again, I think it's it's more the same. The, the players put their proposal uh, out there. The owners obviously listened to it, and everybody left. Um, I think the only thing that changed was – they went up on the bonus pool money, fifteen more million from where they were. Uh, the owners uh, wanted fifteen for pre-arbitration bonus. The players wanted hundred, and the players came back, changed it to one hundred and fifteen. So outside of that, nothing else really changed. So you went the wrong direction on on that proposal. And, and Ben, I know people are uh, you see people out there saying, "Don't read too much into how much time they're meeting." Well, the problem is they're meeting for fifteen minutes. 
and then they don't meet again for five days. And then they'll meet for 20 minutes, and then they don't meet again for five days. Mm -hmm. And I know you can say there's a lot of behind-the-scenes negotiating uh, that goes on. And while I will agree, quit bringing up how long they meet then if it's not a big deal. If you're like, oh, they met for 15 minutes. Obviously, when all the big dogs are at the same table, you're meeting for 15 minutes. I I know guys are talking away from the meeting Mm -hmm. table. But that doesn't constitute a deal, right? That doesn't. You can say, "Hey, ma'am, uh, I know when we got done. Me and, and 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 dude from the other side, we went out and you know we had an early lunch and we sat down and talked about stuff. You still got to present it. You still got to get everybody on the same side. And it seems like these meetings are being uh, used for nothing more than this is what we want. Got it? All right. We'll see you later. And that's about it. And you're not getting any closer uh, to getting an agreement in place. I think. I think, Kevin. I mean. I- I think when it comes to something like this, I mean, uh, I have to look at the silver lining. They are coming together, which they've gotten past. The, they're not doing the arbitration. That's coming from the player. No, y'all going to hear from us. Now, this is what negotiations is. Like most most of us, we've we've negotiated, you know, PTO or vacation time. or And, and think about your boss then. Like even when you ask, he's kind of like, mm, I could do five days. I can't do two weeks. Right? And in a sense, that's what, that's what negotiations are. Now. It's so much going into it. Like I will say this, people have forgot. If they do agree to this, that means that a lot of that a lot of uh, you know uh, a lot of uh, the mid tier baseball is, is escaping my mind right now. Uh, low, uh, goes away, Kevin. Like when you think about the guys that say, "Look, man, I never made it to the big leagues," right? You know, I mean, I, I did AAA baseball my whole. Well, they're getting rid of a lot of those guys, and listen, they're going to be casualties. I, I I don't. We always think, oh, listen, everybody that came with us is not going to be with us when it's over. But you got to start asking yourself, what are we willing to put a plug on? Because if it goes away now, it's not coming back in another TPA down the road. So whatever you say no to now will be probably no forever. But I will say this, Kevin. I mean, if you want to call it, 35 minutes is better than nothing at all. And the goal for the players is to keep these owners coming to the table. Like, keep them coming. Because if they get irritated, which both sides are irritated, I think now, Kevin, because everything is everything is clickbait. I mean, we know every sure. single thing. Hey, man, somebody said this. Oh, my God, you saw how he was looking. So do we overanalyze everything as own lookers and lovers of the sport? Yes. But that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to because it used to be, you know, you had to read the paper. You know, you had to hear it from a source or you had to be in the media to even know what's going on. Well, now, as soon as they walk out of the room, <laughs> before, before the person reporting it can put his or her Twitter up, we know about it. But I will say, Kevin – it ain't it ain't it ain't panic panic mode yet, but they are trying to get things done. I mean, hundred percent compared to eighty percent. You're giving fifteen million dollars more. I think that you know because we are already passed the, uh, the destination. I mean, uh, the the uh, the for them to catches and pitches. Yeah, the report date. Yeah, yeah, report date. I think Kevin. I will just say this: they are getting it done. It ain't gonna be the hour like it, no matter what. Sure, but. They are meeting with each other. So whoever the arbitrator was, I'm sorry, you will not be entering. <laughs> well, this I mean, meeting. and again, I, I think the they are talking, but I, it feels like they're just like, here's our proposal, get back to us. Here's ours, get back to us. And nobody's saying, well, would you would you be willing to do this? It's just, nope, here's ours. And by the way, we went up on what we were asking on some of those things. And I I, I think there's a way to the, that they want to get it done so you can get as many games in as possible. I think it's vital for the sport. And I think a lot of people say, hey, we realize this is big-time finance. This is big-time dollars we're talking about. But if there is no sport and you guys can't agree on that, 
how are you ever going to advance? Because when players win, the owners win. When the owners win, the players should win on some level. They got a long way to go to get there. It's three and out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to be here with you, Kevin and Ben, on this Thursday. Glad you're making us a part of your day. So much to get to here in hour number two. We'll take a look at the Falcons with the draft upcoming. How realistically should they be thinking about competing in the NFC, NFC South coming up here in 2022? Also, Jeff Hager, WXXA-TV in South Mississippi, Southern Miss, Old Dominion, Marshall. They told Conference USA we're out. Conference USA said not so fast. And here's the schedule for 2022 that says you're still playing. We'll talk to Jeff Hager about that and get his thoughts on where those three schools stand in relation to actually believing they can get out of Conference USA. And a lot of those things have to be decided relatively quickly. He'll join us coming up here in just a little bit. But first, Ben, let's take three here on 3 and Out. All right, we just talked a little baseball there at the, uh, the, the, the end of last hour. And it has happened in the past. I'm interested as a former player who's dealt with these things. Should the players agree to play with no agreement in place and negotiate during the season? Apparently, they've done it in 95 and 96 post-strike. They, they agreed to play with no agreement in place and ultimately worked towards getting one done. This is a lockout by the owners, so the owners could say, lockout over, go back, and we'll just operate under the rules as they were. Should the players... Agree to do that and negotiate in good faith, or are we not? Are we beyond that at this point? Ah, uh, man, Kevin, the old, man, the player in me says no. The former player in me says absolutely, because I'm thinking once again when we talk about the players, we're talking about the ones you don't know, and that's a lot in baseball, right? We're talking about the guys that can't afford to have it, and unfortunately, that's kind of what the owners are saying. Look, man, we going we can, we can do this. We, we good over here. But I will say this, Kevin, you got to still have something, right? Like the, these handshakes, you got to have something. All right, man, look, we're willing to do this if we can get some type of, you know, you got to give me something to get me to go back out there and play outside of just, you know, not having a lockout. Because these owners, man, they slick, man. And I get they Look, this is where the owners thrive. The players thrive on the field. Owners, owners thrive in these meeting rooms. That, that's what they do, and I get that part. But I will say they probably want to. They probably want to go back for something you always be saying. And I'm and I'm coming around to it. Dude, you can't afford to lose lose these eyes. You can't afford to lose these fans, man. Because we live in a got to have it right now type sports age. Like we look now, no football. Okay, I, I, right now it's college basketball. It's NBA. Right, I get it. But this is your we we. It's almost like we go to a restaurant, hey, man, somebody going, where the baseball at? Oh, no, man, we took that off. Why? And then they say, oh, because they couldn't. You don't want that because at a certain point, Kevin, when you do come back, you're going to get the diehards, but you've lost the casual ones that was coming in. So I will you gotta say. Re- you have to re-get the Exactly. Back, yeah. I will say, yes, you want to. You, because let's face it. Um, the, one thing that, the one thing that is still true today is players, while they are smarter, while they are more brand conscious, while they are, while they do understand marketing and advertising and different things, they still ain't better at negotiating. Why? Because owners have lawyers, players have agents. One is with is with is on retainer. The other one is only here because you play a sport. So I will say, if you can make it so that you, because think about it, Kevin. At the end of the day, people don't care how you get back out there. They want you back out there. They 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 just do. And you need to be back out there. So this is your season. 
I think hopefully you're gonna have to operate. I don't. It, I don't even know if there is good faith when it comes to these owners. Well, and, players, and again, that's, but you know, but we'll. But very, I, I will say yes. Very much so. I, I understand that part. I know they've. I, I just wanted to bring it up because they've done it before. I understand the leverage of it all, uh, Ben. And obviously, that's. And we want to get a couple of things done. We can always come out. And again, you're negotiating on social media, uh, unlike previous generations before you. Like you said, when you played. Guys weren't coming out of a meeting and going to Facebook and Twitter and saying, here's what happened. Here's why they're trying to stick it to us, you know, like that. And so the battle of public opinion, most owners aren't going out there on on Twitter talking about their position. Sometimes they are, but not often. Mm-hmm. Rob Manfred certainly isn't coming out other than saying, we believe we put forth a very fair offer. And voicing the owners, they'll just say, look, we put forth the offer, they, they reject it. They'll just throw it back on on the player. So I understand the point of having leverage of saying, we want to play. They're the ones who are, are stopping this. They're the ones who locked it out. We're not striking. They're telling us we can't play. Mm-hmm. It's their fault. Be mad at them. Tell them to get the deal gun. Don't look at us. Look at them. And I understand that game that gets played, but I still think while you're bickering back and forth, the fact that there's no product becomes a big problem uh, at the end of the day. All right, moving along. Take two, NBA All-Star Weekend. Is this weekend? What is the best part of All Star Weekend? Which NBA is expanding. We talked about just making an event. NBA has expanded it to three days. Uh, ben, I think Major League Baseball has got two, where you have the home run derby, some other festivities that don't get a lot of TV time, like a celebrity game and all that, and then the game on Tuesday, and then everybody's off. NBA has a game. They have a rookie game, uh, and then they have the dunk contest, three point shooting contest, all that kind of stuff. What's the best part of NBA All Star Weekend? Okay, for me, for me, it is for me it is a dunk contest. I but I but I want that I want that Zach Levine, you know, I want Levine and like Gordon type contest where you got two guys is getting right. Now, the three point contest is up there though. It is, it is. But the thing about the, the thing about the NBA, the thing about the, the All Star Game itself, man. Some you sometimes we 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 forget just how skilled these players are. Sometimes we, I, I remember that one where Kyrie was just saucing everybody up, man, when Steph is really out there. I mean, you know for the first, you know, first couple of quarters, man, guys ain't going to really. But when it's crunch time and you see guys, I just think for me it is it is the uh, the game because you get to see the next up. I do like the Rising Star. I do like, you know, uh, I do like the Rising Star game and different things. But, you know, when you got the best players in the world out there, man, they showing you why they are who they are. When they everybody, everybody got them young legs. <laughs> but for one night, you know, LeBron still out. Listen, LeBron gonna have a fresh coat out there. You know that thing at the top of his head gonna be fresh. Now the sweat gonna take it out. But I, I love the dunk contest, love the three point contest. But I do think it is the game, Kevin, because the three point contest is gonna be. Hey man, the Steph in it, it's Clay in it. You know, the dunk contest is gonna be. All right, is this a guy that can dunk but can't really play that well? You like he's just a dunker, <laughs> you know? But the, but the, I think I think I think the All Star Game itself give you everything you can handle. Plus. I mean, when you got guys like Lamelo Ball gonna be in that thing, man, it's, it's gonna get a little saucy out there. And to me, sometimes it's the only time you get to really try to show up your teammates, like show up your like colleagues, uh, guys you play against. So give me the All Star Game itself. Yeah, I kind of thought uh, the the dunk contest might be getting a little played, and then a couple years ago you had Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine, who kind of oh my brought God. a little pizzazz back to it. Even though I some, think Gordon might have won that thing, because at some point. You're sitting there like, what else can you do? Like, the goal is only so tall, right? I mean, you can't, you can't say, I'm, you know, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make it 12 feet. And I was like, there's only so much you can do 
And, you know, we've seen him bring in drones and cars and all that kind of kiss the rim. And, like, we've seen all those. Oh, when Oba blew, blew the uh, cupcake, when he, when he blew the candle out the cupcake, that was, that, was, uh, that was beautiful. But, I mean, we've seen, I mean, like, what else can you do? Yeah, and I will say this. Because most people can't even do the, hey, I'm going to go up behind the back. Like, most people can't even do that. Okay, here's the thing, though. I I think they go about the dunk contest wrong, right? It's a dunk contest. So, at the end of the day, we just want to be entertained. Like, at the end of the day. So, take a guy, you know, that's in the D-League. I mean, it's the dunk contest. Let him come through and get right. Take a random guy that plays basketball every day at the Y. At the, you know, at, at LA Fitness. That can hoop. Because we want to see... Look, the, the greatest dunk contest I think ever, 2000. I'm sorry. Vince Carter, you know, I mean, Tracy McGrady. And the thing is, Kevin, I'm, I'm going to give you the Kevin Thomas rule. Just make your first dunk. Like, I can't see it here before. Oh, no, no. Make, come on, man. Like, y'all never miss dunks in game time. And you can't make it when nobody's there. So make your first dunk. But I, the dunk contest is always going to be there. But I just think that, you know, if, if it ain't going to come down to two guys like, to, to make you be like, oh, it's going back and forth. Hey, hey, listen, I know he ain't gonna do it, but LeBron, what you got to lose, baby? You you ain't never gave us one. You don't got to win it. I know you in your thirty nine. Go on out there and dump that thing. Just just, just for the do it. For, listen, man. Listen, do it for the culture, man. Go out there, and, you know, because it's only gonna make it better. But hey, man, that old Kennedy Jet Smith and those guys, like, it's over, baby. I, I, I got <laughs> I gotta have it. I gotta have it. <laughs> It's over till the next guy dunks. Exactly. And then it's over again. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, that is the fun part of it, and I'm always intrigued with guys. It is amazing that LeBron has not done that. I'm like, why? I mean, I'm just saying, like, he, I, I will say this. In terms of players that have that kind of athletic ability, name a guy who hasn't who hasn't done it at least one time that has that kind of athletic ability where you're like, no, like you have a decent chance of, of winning, at least doing something cool, even if you don't win. Russell, West, Russell Westbrook is super-duper athletic. Like, super-duper. Like, like he, like, like Russ is. That's what I'm saying. Like a guy like Russ, he needs something right now to like get to get people up off him because this game is kind of rough right now. And I will say this: Vince Carter made it so that guys won't do it because you know how it is, Kevin. Vy, I mean, you know, Vince said he had to win it, like because if he don't, let like, me all that stuff you're doing the game. And I think that's the thing: guys care about too much about reputation to not do it. But I'm like, come on, man, like get out there and get right, like show us, you know. And hey, I mean, I. It's so many guys now, though. I will say this. I don't know the guy's name. He used to play with D-Wade uh, with the Heat. I mean, he he just used to walk in there. Wasn't the best player, but he just – Oh, my – Like, he just <laughs> could walk in the air. Look, I'm saying this. Y'all boys six five six six. Y'all missing dunks. Come on, man. Put it in the rim and let, let, let's stop I mean, playing. come on. Come on. I mean, look, and, and, I, and I, I will say this. Uh, old JaVale McGee, when he was in it, he didn't win it. But hey, seven footers, you know, I mean with Amari Stoudemire, I was in it. Come on, man, it's the all-star game, man. Like See, if you me, ain't getting voted in as a, as an all-star, go on out there and enjoy the festivities. My rule bit. is pretty simple for seven footers to win the dunk contest. It's the same thing I told the high school kids when they have the dunk contest. Cause I mean, obviously you have some that can dunk, but not everybody I was like, if you're gonna throw it down, it better be with some authority. Come on. Even if it doesn't look good, come on. You are big, you're it's like, hey, if you're Shaquille O'Neal. Let me do a one-arm windmill. Oh, everybody can do that. Yeah, but can everybody rip the freaking gold down when they do it? I can. Like, just throw it down with the power, and you're going to get bonus points for the whoa, power. Oh, I know who needs to be in it. You're going to have to help me to, uh, Cam. Oh, boy, that play with uh, Charlotte. Come on. Listen, listen. Let me tell you something. Listen, Miles, let me tell you something right now. Miles Bridges and uh, and uh, and Elvis. Elvis need to be in it. 
And this is what I don't get. Y'all boys, are, y'all, listen, y'all boys are Skywalkers. But all of a sudden, everybody, I don't know, bro. Man, y'all, stop <laughs> all that nonsense. Everybody has that friend that you've been talking about at the Y. And then when you come in, you say, listen, man, before we go, man, I'm. Hamstrings, little hamstrings. Oh, listen, listen, Ja, listen to me, Ja, listen to me. Has he said he's not going to do it? Listen, I don't know. Listen to me, Ja, listen. I, I know I'm saying, say but this. as he come out, this. like, like I, LeBron pretty much said he, like, he wasn't going to do I, I it. I will say it. this. If you Ja Morant, if you Ja, you know, you got some stripes on the wall. If you want to decide the day of, ain't nobody going to say that. If you say, hey, man, enter my name. What they going to do? Tell you no? I got my cleat. I got my stuff on. Ja, come on, man. Y'all, listen, Ja will. Mm, John will do some things to you. We'll see what happens, but that dunk contest is always. All always right, we got we got one more to get to. Take three. It is the Winter Olympics. I know a lot of people uh, have, say they have not been watching or following, but a little different twist because he is not here. So I will bring him into the mix because BJ always says athletic area is good. All right, what Winter Olympic sport would you pay money to watch BJ do? <sighs> Man, and it could be to see if he could do well or just fall flat on his face. Uh, I already know mine. I'd say snowboard half pipe, like Sean White. Like, I would love to see him. BJ probably just stand up and slide down. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. BJ in a winter Olympic sport. Hockey is – hockey is. yeah. I would want to – here's the thing about BJ, right? BJ wants to be out there so that you don't really – I said, listen, man. I said, listen. I was telling him for – you see that guy right there? Yeah. I want you to knock his block off. <laughs> and because you know, because with BJ, right? BJ wants to do old man football, but he wants to get the teams to be uneven so he can be the all time quarterback. He don't want to play no defense. But no, it's got to be the big air. It's got to be the big, the big duck in the jump, uh, Kevin. Because this is the thing. Oh, the ski <laughs> jump. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is the thing. <laughs> Everybody's watching, and you know, BJ, Mister, Mister Analytics, Mister Numbers, Mister. Oh man, this is gonna be a market correction. Yeah, that's gonna be your legs are gonna get shattered because you're not gonna have any <laughs> when you hit the ground. Because listen, because of the speed, you go hit the air. And I just want to see that as soon as he, ah! So for yeah, me, that's the beauty of those events. Like, you will get air. It oh, does oh my like, God. There's no question. I mean, I mean. It's just a matter of how much. Wind <laughs> resistance versus speed and you know, all that stuff. Yes, that, that, that math problem that I was never able to solve even now. I want to give me, give me the, give me the big jump. Because I know, Kevin, it is going to be ugly. And the, the, the post game, the, the, the post Crash press conference is gonna be <laughs> as, as currently constituted. I was I don't want to hear that. She beat you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. You, you know, they get, they get the camera cast, right yeah. in his face. He like this, uh, like, like where people go. This you you guys want to know what terror looks like? Pure fear. Watch BJ. Be there, and somebody goes, hurry up! All right. He goes, do I gotta go now? Are you asking me or are you telling me? I'm asking you and I'm telling you go down because we gotta go. That would be I would love to see it. <laughs> Mister, 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 trying to break it down. Go now. That would, I, I would pay money to watch that. I, I agree. The, the big air, and then, oh, it would be a disaster at the end. It's going to be ugly from the start. Just negotiating him, going down with that speed, and his little body. You know, I mean, know. y'all already said y'all would pay to watch me go do skeleton. So, oh, you know. Kevin, the fact, listen, the, the, the fact that, like, is Kevin, you guys, listen, and, and Kevin, you got to say, I live for this. Let's go. Strap <laughs> <laughs> me in. And then they say, you know, I said, we got a camera on you. I said, do I get a parachute? Nope. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, oh my God, man. Feet first. No, head first is the skeleton. Oh my God. Ah. You go face face first into the wall. Uh, you, you got, you, listen, you got Whatever you, happens, you, it happens quick. You got to be, right. you got to, you got to be <laughs> in them corners. Don't don't go out too wide. Cause I think about this. Why I got to be on a cliff? Hey man, ain't nothing down there, but you know, you make her. You know what I'm saying? You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. I, oh, man. I, I, how fast do you think you can get up to on that thing? It's going to 
as uh, all the way. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the Olympians do. They're going like what, seventy miles an hour Jeez. down that thing on the uh, on the luge and all that. And Even the, if and you're getting sc- thirty or forty, that's a that's fast, fast. You talking about forty and fifty? Yeah, they're doing like no, I, I know, like I want to say like the skeleton. They're doing like 50, 60, 70 miles an hour down that thing, head first into the corners. I'm sure once you kind of understand what you're doing, it's probably really fun. At the end of the day, crashing not <laughs> crashing not so much, but. You know, you live, you learn. That's take three. <laughs> we do it every day here on Three and Out. We're talking some college football in about uh, 20 minutes. Uh, coming up here on the program, we will chat with Jeff Hager of WXXA TV in South Mississippi. We'll get the the latest on Southern Miss. Marshall ODU, are they actually going to be able to get out of a Conference USA? He'll join us coming up in just a little bit. What about those Falcons as we continue talking NFL? Should they be approaching the draft in this offseason like they got a chance to represent the NFC South. We'll break it down next here. Three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you along here on this Thursday. Kevin and Ben. We'll chat with Jeff Hager of WXXV TV in South Mississippi coming up as certainly Southern Miss, Old Dominion, and Marshall. Marshall uh, one out of Conference USA. They told the conference, in fact, they're leaving. <laughs> and Conference USA said, no, you're not. We put out the football schedule and you're on it. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, it is. It's great. Hey, hey, no, I, no, I like how you just saying the real stuff. Like, you're like, listen, we want out. And like, no, you ain't. What, what, <laughs> no, what you you're mean? not. Like, like, no, no, no. I want to go. Like, no, no. I don't care what you want to do. Yeah. So, I mean, didn't, I mean, I think, uh, what, Conference USA already come out with their schedule? <laughs> yep. Com- and, and listen, and, and y'all are on it. You know we on the schedule, right? And now, so, what, the Sun Belt, like, do we? I think the sun, we, and we had some folks on say, hey, Sunbelt probably can't release a schedule until this gets resolved somewhat. But I was just checking uh, Jeff's Twitter feed, and uh, he had a thing. He said, hey, Southern Miss last year in the Conference USA could go out with bang a baseball season. They're hosting the conference tournament. And, what's their, and he's saying that like, like the last year. So I'm interested to see what Jeff has to say about how confident they are they're going to get out. But this is certainly days of our lives type stuff where it's like, hey, man, we're dipping on, on July 30th. That's our last day. <laughs> no, it's not. Come on back over here. You still uh, are going to stay a whole nother year and play this thing out. Don't believe me? Here's the schedule. Everybody's seen it. You're out on it. Well, somebody, on it. somebody, somebody going through all, somebody going through their facilities, taking down all the Conference USA stuff, and then they get back next day. Like, why this stuff back? Somebody came in here after y'all and yeah, put it back up. Put it back. Put that back up. What, what happened to all the Conference USA signs? The guy I with took all the keys. Down. Now they're back up. The guy with all the keys came in here and said, "I'm supposed to keep it up, okay? <laughs> Don't touch this." No more. So we'll talk, we'll talk with Jeff coming up in just a little bit. But uh, we talked some NFL football earlier uh, about the draft. What do you do if you're Atlanta? Ben, if you're Atlanta, how how do you approach this draft? Because as you said, no Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people understand how big of a deal that is. Uh, I mean, obviously, oh, he's the GOAT. No, there's no Tom Brady in Tampa. No Gronk. Obviously, Antonio Brown, he, he not oh. coming back. A lot of guys on that defense Adam, Sue, are, probably, are probably looking saying, look, I've been on a team that won the Super Bowl. We were very good this year, didn't quite make it. I'm going to go get paid. How much money does Tampa Bay have to spend? Who knows? Saints, they don't have a quarterback. Just got a new coach. New system, new way of doing things. Nobody's scared of Carol- Carolina right now. They don't have a quarterback that they feel 100% great about. So what you always say is, look, hey, if you got a quarterback, you got a chance. Well, right now, on February 17th, you have the best quarterback without question 
without question in the NFC South. Nobody compares to that. Are you lacking in some areas? Absolutely. But if you're Atlanta, do you also sit back and say, boy, Tom Brady not being there makes a huge, huge, huge difference uh, with the way we compete with Tampa. Are you entering this thing saying, look, are we going to go 12, 13 wins? No, probably not. Could you go 10 and 7? Could you go 9 and 8? Win the division potentially? I think that could be possible if you draft well and, and, and are smart about it. You certainly, as I said, have the best quarterback, which is where it all starts. Yes. I think I think if you are Atlanta, what's hurting Atlanta right now, Kevin, is a salary cap. They're going to have to get rid of a lot of uh, these contracts, these expiring contracts. I know that Dante Fowler Jr. is already uh, you know, being released. I mean, they'll do Deion Jones. Do he, do he be a, a part of that resurgence? Because, I mean, he's making a lot of money on the books. Obviously, Grady Jarrett is not uh, uh, you know, going anywhere. But if you are Atlanta, you say to yourself, all right, man. I don't know what Atlanta did. Mary T- Terry Fontenot kind of saw the writing on the wall. You know, that's why he moved on from, uh, you know, staying within the division, going from uh, New Orleans to Atlanta. You do not have a number one receiver. Calvin Ridley messes a lot of things up. Can they – Can they? and the thing is, he's up for a new deal. You think Atlanta finna give him a, a multi-year deal? Absolutely not. Cordell Patterson wants to come back. People say that he's still flashing the pan because your best year as a pro was last year. That may have been because of default, not necessarily – uh, so I do think, Kevin, when you look around this division, you talk about Tampa. Look, you're not going to have Antonio Brown. You're not going to have Gronk, Leonard Fournette, uh, Dominic Sue, uh, Chris Godwin. You're going to have a lot of guys not going to be there. Guys like O.J. Howard is, you know, that's coming up on their deal, they're not going to give him a new deal. He's going to have to go move on. You're talking about this Atlanta team. Carolina, who – Cam Newton plays for Carolina, and no one cares. Cam Newton is back in Carolina. No one cares. He did his coming home thing, and that was it. No one's scared of Sam Darnold either. They do not have an answer at quarterback, right? I mean, I asked my son. My son, you know, he lives in Charlotte. He said, Daddy, I'm going to a Carolina Panthers camp. I said, who are you going to see? He says, I'm going to see the quarterback. I said, who, Cam? He goes, no. I said, Sam Darnold? He says, no. He says, P.J. Walker. I'm just saying. It's 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 gotten rough up there, Uh, you know, in the Charm City. But for me, Kevin, if you are Atlanta, you got the best quarterback. You got to find a way to win this division. And I, I give you, I give you the beast quake when 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 uh when uh uh Seattle hosted a playoff game and they was like well they had a a, a below five hundred record. They beat the Saints. That's when you know that's when that's when freaking beast mode had that freaking run. If you are Atlanta, because listen, I'ma say this. Maddie I ain't Tom Brady, but who is? Matty Ice deserves a last hurrah, doesn't he? Like, my goodness. It's like, come on, come on, Arthur Smith. Come on, Arthur Blank. We got to, <laughs> come on, Terry Fontenot. No, you guys got to find a way to give him some weapons. Calvin really not being that hurts, Kevin, because you need a number one receiver. But you need so much on defense, man. Like, Dante Fowler was, Dante Fowler led the team of sex, and he just got cut. So I do think, though, uh, well, he did, New- but I mean, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, you beat, uh, you beat, yeah, you beat New Orleans. You went no, I'm saying he led the team in sacks, but but yeah, you listen, listen. I mean, you were also dead last in the league. So all I'm be- saying is this: back in the day, I ran track and I got third, but it was only three people running. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter. I still got third. So look at how you look at. It. I placed whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in a sense, you got to beat those other three guys in your division. You could beat Carolina. If you can't, you don't deserve to win anything. New Orleans, they got to pick between Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill, and Jameis Winston. So ain't nobody scared of them, even though I think Jameis Winston give them the best shot to win. And I'm sorry, man. I love Kyle Trask. Kyle, the Kyle Trask era has begun. 
He hasn't played for two years. You can't be the guy that hasn't played for two years. I don't care if you got Mike Evans. Bruce Arians ain't never won a Super Bowl without the GOAT. You think he's finna win one now? No, he's not. So find a way to find a way to be competitive at the division, Kevin. You're gonna have to build through the draft. You are you are in the neck. Listen, the 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 Atlanta Falcons uh um draft uh draft capital you you look like my bank account in college. You are in the negative. And I didn't even know this. I, I didn't even know this. I used to go in there, Kevin, to cash my check. And it, and, and the lady kind of gave me this look like, you sure you want to cash a check? Why? Because your check is, you know, you got a little hundred fifty dollar check. You a hundred and you just happen to be, sorry, hundred and fifty dollars in the <laughs> What? I See, do not want my, congratulations, my balance. Yeah, I don't need my balance. You know, get, get it back up to par. But no, <laughs> Atlanta's going to have to be creative. If they do sign free agents, it's going to have to be guys that's taking what, you know, like like veteran minimums. But either way, you got Matty Ice. You got to find a way to give him some weapons, give him some, give some guys on defense. And who knows, uh, Kevin, they could be scratching the claw to potentially win this division. Yeah, going to be interesting to see what they decide to do. I think free agency is going to set up, as you said, Ben, kind of what they're thinking uh, in the draft when it's all said and done. We'll come back, talk a little college football. Jeff Hager of WXXV-TV South Mississippi will join us. We'll look at all the drama between Southern Miss, Old Dominion, Marshall, and Conference USA, and we'll do that next here on 3. Great to be here on this Thursday, college football. Obviously getting ready for spring practices and more, and certainly more realignment upcoming in college football. As we know, Texas and Oklahoma headed to the SEC in the not-too-distant future, and of course, Right here, we are in you know Georgia Southern Country as uh, the Eagles and uh, and company expecting four more members. They know James Madison's coming. What about Southern Miss and Marshall and Old Dominion? Thought they were, maybe not. Our next guest will help us sort all this uh, this mess out from WXXV uh, twenty five and Southern Mississippi Sports Director there, Jeff Hager, joins us here on Three and Out. Jeff, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, I'm good, guys. How are you doing? Hey, we're doing well. So help us kind of figure out where we're at. Because obviously Southern Miss, Marshall, and, and Old Dominion put out a statement and said, hey, peace out, j- 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 uh, what, June 30th? That's it. July 1, we're in the Sun Belt. Conference USA says, no, you're not. And here's the football schedule with you on it. So where are we at in this situation? And is there a thought that Southern Miss, Marshall, and o- ODU are still going to be able to get out of this thing? Yeah, I mean, it's like they're exchanging power moves one after the other. So from what I'm told, the Southern Miss official I spoke to said that Southern Miss stands by its original statement. And then I saw Marshall sent a release out as well, uh, saying as much for their school. And you can only assume ODU would be in the same boat. So it sounds like the lawyers are going to have to hash this out. But it sounds like to me, Southern Miss, they can leave. And I think Brett McMurphy with uh, Action Sports, he was the first to report that in the Conference USA bylaws, you need a 14-month uh, notice that you're going to leave, but there are no extra penalties for terminating that early. So I went back and looked at it. The original release, whenever they joined the Sun Belt back in October, said no later than July 1st, 2023. So my guess is that they were already looking into this possibility well ahead of time, knowing that they might be able to do this. So uh, in my opinion, I, I firmly believe all three of these schools, uh, as well as James Madison, will be playing a Sunbelt football schedule in the fall. Um, I guess that remains to be seen, but it, it seems like it's trending that direction. And, Jeff, I mean, so where does that leave Conference USA? Obviously, I mean, it looks like they don't have a lot of leverage right now outside of the fact that, yes, this, these three teams were originally, uh, you know, playing in this conference. But as you mentioned, you know, Southern Miss has obviously done his homework saying they, they got to give a 14-month notice without facing any penalties. But 
Conference USA has already put this schedule out with, you know, with Southern Miss and Marshall and, you know, uh, different schools on there. How ugly could this thing get, you know, especially when there is no football right now and obviously the focus is going to be on, you know, uh, Conference USA and uh, the Sun Belt, how they get this thing worked out? Yeah, I mean, Conference USA is really in a bad spot. I mean, they're reeling. I mean, they're losing six more teams next year uh, to the AAC. And, I mean, you know, they're, they're just trying to keep their head above sea level from what it looks like. And, you know, all three of those schools releasing those statements last week at the same exact time, I mean, they're in joint unison in this. And, and you know, I don't believe they would be doing that unless they knew that there was some legality behind that they were able to leave when they say they are going to leave. And I think, you know, Conference USA seems to be, uh, you know, trying to force their hand, uh, but I don't know other than, uh, you know, maybe more legal fees or anything like that that's going to prevent that from happening. I mean, whenever Southern Miss did this, uh, they had two years of distribution, you know, equating to about $3 million in exit fees. But from what I understand, there are no extra fees for leaving early, even though it does say in that contract that they do need to require 14 months' notice. So uh, a lot of push and pull, and I guess, uh, you know, it still remains to be seen, but. I can't imagine these universities would be playing this hand if they didn't know that they could do what they are saying that they intend to do. Yeah, Jeff, obviously it would end, it would end badly if you have to about face and play one more year uh, in, in Conference USA. And obviously, I mean, what is kind of Southern Miss's position? If they make, I mean, if, if the lawyers don't come to an agreement for an acceptable amount of time, obviously you have to start planning uh, for the fall in terms of travel and schedule. I mean, would Southern Miss just flat out say we're not going, and 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 then what happens? Well, that's a good question. And then you got to think about the other eleven schools that have these three schools on their schedules. I mean, what do they do if they don't play? Do they pick up you know more uh, you know cross rivalry uh, conference games, or do they schedule non divisional opponents? I mean, that that's another uh, factor to worry about. I mean, this is going to you know it's a few months away, but that's going to come up very very quickly. And then, uh, as far as I know, I mean, so Southern Miss is actually set to host the conference USA baseball tournament at their home park in May, and they, to my understanding, have not been informed that there's anything to the contrary at this point. So that could be a real drop-the-mic moment, you know, win the, the tournament at your home park, and then that'd be the last uh, you ever see of Conference USA. Uh, again, I guess everything is still on the table, but, uh, yeah, really, really interesting what's happening right now. Jeff, when you think about Conference USA and obviously everything going on, you talk about they're going to lose four teams next year with other with other conferences being more attractive. What – when did Conference USA you, you know, like lose their reputation of? Because I mean, everybody's leaving to try to go elsewhere. Why? Why do you think they uh, they find themselves in an inopportune situation, not having an exit plan? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I mean, I think there's multiple factors in that. But when you look at just the numbers, uh, the, the two main things that I think Southern Miss looks at is they save a half million dollars per year on travel. Um, so you know, those exit fees, three million sounds like a lot, but over time, that's going to pay for itself. And then. Uh, the Sun Belt having a contract with ESPN running through 2031 uh, to have these primetime games and, and expand their brand, I mean, it's huge. And so I think, you know, these, these schools uh, saw the chance to have more regional rivalries. I mean, you know, uh, South Alabama right down the road for Southern Miss. And, you know, uh, it, it just it seemed, it seemed like it was kind of a no-brainer for them. Uh, but you're right. I mean, Southern Miss is a charter member of Conference USA back in 1995. And you've just seen a lot of good teams you know, over the years uh, leave and, and it's just not the same as it used to be and again you're going to a league that uh, has had some uh, p5 wins uh, to its credit in in the Sun Belt. I think uh, we were talking on the show that Southern Miss is kind of the the bridge the gap between the Sun Belt schools you have you know obviously uh, Florida Georgia Alabama South Carolina nobody was in Mississippi then you had you know Louisiana and Texas State out there and then obviously this makes geographical sense to kind of bridge that gap with with Southern Miss coming in yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
it, it seems exciting, though, right? I mean, you think about some of the teams that are going to be nearby and, you know, the rivalries. I mean, Southern Miss, they had Louisiana Tech and, and things like that. I mean, Memphis used to be a big rival for them. They, they've been gone for a while, and it's just, uh, you know, the UAB, you know, was another one. But those are still, you know, hours away. And just to have teams right down the road like this, um, you know, I, I think, and I know I'm speaking a lot on Southern Miss, but I think just, you know, those 14 teams, uh, you know, kind of connecting that southeast region there, um, you know, I think it's going to be really, really good for, for all of those programs. And, uh, you know, Conference USA, you know, kind of looking elsewhere now, picking up teams uh, seems like a little out west maybe. And, you know, that was kind of the thing. There was no real footprint there for Conference USA. I mean, you're going to El Paso to, uh, you know, Florida International. I mean, so, so you're going all over the place. And, you know, the, the way they kind of break down these east-west divisions from what I've seen, the early reports were going to be, uh, you know, you look at that and you kind of get get excited about it if you're these three teams joining the Sun Belt Conference. So, I mean, I mean, what you saying the Southern Miss is saying, look, man, we're gonna play and uh, we're gonna play in the Sun Belt schedule. Obviously, Old Dominion and Marshall are gonna probably follow suit. Where does that leave Conference USA is trying to fill? That's a lot of games uh, to try to fill as far as like their schedule uh, coming 2022. Do they have a backup plan or are they willing to say, look, man, we might have to just or are the teams that was gonna be playing those three teams gonna automatically get those wins? Well, the way I see it, I mean, those three schools, again, in unison, they said, we're not playing. And I think Conference USA's only response was to double down and said, yes, you are. Now, what ends up happening again? I mean, I, I, I do believe these schools have, have an exit strategy, um, but I also believe Conference USA will lawyer up and, and try to figure out a way. Because, I mean, there was 170 games on this 2022 composite schedule that they released. I mean, like you said, so those three teams across 12 weeks, I mean, that's a lot of games you got to fill so as far as a backup plan, I think this is kind of, you know, plan ABC is to try to get these three teams to stay. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun summer, I guess, for us kind of looking in uh, from the outside looking in, I guess. Yeah, uh, Jeff Hager joining us here, WXXV there in South Mississippi. And, uh, and, and Jeff, is it come down as simply as, as, as most things in life where Southern Miss, Marshall, and Old Dominion just simply go to Conference USA and say, what's the number? Like what? What? What's the number to to make you shut up? And and we're not. I mean, we're we're not coming back. Yeah, I guess that's one way to look at it. But in the in the statements, these schools are saying we have tried an amicable approach to figure out how to leave early. And Conference USA is unwilling to have the discussion. So at that point, I mean, I don't know if there is a number, or if it is what it would be, because the the income that you would get from from all of these games from all of these teams, I mean. Maybe that number is just too high that, you know, these schools wouldn't be able to pay that. So um, what the number would be, I, I don't know. I'm sure it'd be a lot um, given the situation Conference USA is in. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, <laughs> there's only so, so many ways you can look at this. It's just kind of crazy the sure. way it's all unfolding. And it all started with Oklahoma and Texas, and, and you know, here we are. Yeah, yeah. And, and Jeff, as you said, the, the statements that have been put out by – uh, the three schools, Southern Miss, Marshall, and ODU, seemed like obviously they're talking to one another and they're putting together that that unified front. And I, I guess just, as you said, when you come out pretty strong and said, we told them we're leaving, we're not going to do it, what's the record? I mean, how far can you actually push that? Because obviously, I guess the Sun Belt, they don't want to get dragged into litigation. They're kind of sitting over there on the side. So what what is the push point, uh, as you understand it, for those three teams say, look, we're not playing and – if it comes to point X and we told you we're not playing and we're not going to do it, what? where do they go? I mean, I don't know if the Sun Belt can schedule games for them if they're still hung up with another conference, even if they refuse to play. Well, that, I guess the next interesting domino to fall would be 
does the Sun Belt come out with a schedule including those teams? Now, if that happens, then you'd have to believe that Conference USA is just the odd man out here and that they're, you know, maybe they get compensated or they win some kind of legal battle. But I guess the fact remains, I mean, if, if these guys found something that says, you can get out of your contract, even though it says you can't, even if you, but you don't owe any extra exit fees, then, you know, I guess Conference USA really has no choice. I mean, they can keep saying what they're saying, but it, it just sounds like Southern Miss, ODU, and Marshall, they do have the upper hand in the situation. And, and it, I go back to the fact that, I mean, these schools, they keep doubling and tripling down on the fact that, you know, in October they said no later than July 1st, 2023. I mean, that, that wording seems so specific to me. It wasn't like, oh, we'll be there 2023. It was like, we're looking for a way to do this sooner because we want to be in the Sun Belt now. And it looks like they found it. And Conference USA is backpedaling. And, and you know, I, like all of us, I'm, I'm just curious to see what, you know, Conference USA's next move is because, I mean, these schools pretty much said we're standing by what we said last week, even though you said what you said, you know, when we, when you release the schedule. So, um, you know, it really is a power struggle. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, like I said, it's, it's just crazy. <laughs> And Jeff, I mean, the, the one thing that stands out to me is, I mean, I, you know, going back to when the, when the, when, uh, when the pandemic first started, it was all about the Big Ten. They couldn't get things going with the chancellors and the commissioner and the ADs. It seems like Conference USA had the same problem. I mean, you would think that the ADs and the commissioner would have some type of open dialogue. It seems like three of them definitely had dialogue with each other. What you know, what does that say about you know uh, these the chance or the commissioner and these uh, ADs not not being able to have some type of open dialogue to even come to some type of understanding? Yeah, you know, of all the conferences, I mean, the CUSA really seems to have been caught the most off guard by, by all of this. I mean, because these teams, like you said, it's like a, 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 they had an orchestrated plan ready to go, and then simultaneously they, they all drop these things at the same time. And then the other six schools that are leaving uh, prior to next year, I mean, the landscape of CUSA, whether it's this year or next year, will look drastically different. And, you know, it's just crazy to me that they, there was no, you know, foresight in, in trying to make sure that something like this did not happen. And, and, you know, maybe that's not fair to say. I'm sure there were conversations about, oh, maybe this will happen. But everything started moving so, so quickly with Texas and Oklahoma. And then it was just kind of like first time, first serve. And, you know, Southern Miss and ODU and Marshall beat everybody to the punch. And, uh, you know, it seems like they've really figured out a way to maneuver on themselves out of a situation that seems like it's getting trickier and trickier. But maybe it really just is as simple as we're leaving – what are you going to do about it? Yeah, it's going to be uh, fun to watch, as you said, over the coming weeks and maybe months while they try to figure this out and still move forward uh, with a plan with somewhere to play in uh, 2022. Uh, Jeff Hager, WXXV in South Mississippi, our guest here on 3 and Out. Jeff, appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Jeff Hager, our guest on 3 and Out. Certainly folks in Georgia Southern are going to be watching to see what's the conference look like if these teams come in. Uh, James Madison as an FCS program has already uh, been cleared and good to go, but those other three uh, in a squabble there with Conference USA. We'll come back with more Three and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you along here, Three and Out. Kevin and Ben on this Thursday. Thanks for making us a part of your day. A lot to get to coming up in the final hour of the program. And certainly a lot of NFL talk leading up to the draft. MLB owners and players meeting, having a uh, cup of coffee, and then walking out. Uh, and we'll, we'll get to that uh, coming up and more coming up in the final hour of the program. Love to hear from you on this Thursday. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. We are streaming live at ESPNCoastal.com. You can also catch us live streaming on Facebook, 
Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, like and follow. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at ESPN Coastal, at ESPN Coastal. We're coming right back. Final hour of Three and Out on this Thursday all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back. Three and Out here on this Thursday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And a lot of NFL getting ready for pre-combine stuff, pro days, combine, then the draft. And we talked about the Falcons, what they're looking at. It's Jacksonville team. Obviously, you have Trevor Lawrence, Ben. They have the number one pick. And seemingly, Evan Neal is becoming that consensus guy. And I know we're months out, and I hate to say that. Yeah, I'm not one to buy into, oh, everybody's it. But it seems like more and more people are coming around to the Jags taking Evan Neal. And that's one that makes too much sense because you have a young quarterback. I think if you're honest with yourself, look at Joe Burrow. Look at every other young quarterback in the league. And by and large, there's some where you say, look, he just made bad decisions with the ball. But by and large, if you look at the young quarterbacks that have moderate success to the ones that flat out fail, you can't protect them. Go out and get a guy that can protect uh, Trevor Lawrence to keep him standing upright. That seems to be the move. I mean, unless you like another tackle, but uh, again, this is a guy that started since day one at a place like Alabama. That just doesn't happen uh, to everybody. Uh, seems like a smart move. And we talked about the relative... Uh, weakness that is the NFC South right now. I mean, I know the Jags are part of that weakness, but but who scares you? Outside of number 22, and I know they've got A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, but Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback maybe doesn't necessarily scare you a whole lot, and certainly the Texans might be in worse shape than you are, uh, which is saying something considering you have the number one pick. And then Indianapolis. I mean, where is this Jags? Doug Mar- uh, not Doug Marone. Excuse me, Doug Peterson. Yeah, coming in as the head coach, is he a type guy that's been around the NFL, won a Super Bowl, that could have them competing in that division relatively quickly if you draft smart? And I know free agents may not want to come there right off the jump, given how Jacksonville as a franchise has been run, and Trent Baalke doesn't have a lot of friends, it would seem, and guys that believe in him. But can Doug Peterson get that team turned around relatively quickly? Yes, because that's what he did in Philly. He took a team in Philly, uh, Kevin, that haven't had, you know, no, 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 nothing about uh, winning Super Bowls. He was able to get him that super duper. But this is another thing too that we didn't talk about with Jacksonville. Jacksonville has a good problem that Atlanta wish they had. Jacksonville has sixty million dollars in cap space to spend. Sixty. So think about this: you got your franchise quarterback, no Travis Etienne the uh, the, the the whole year because he was out, right? You got him. Then you talking about uh, you you're talking about him and Robinson. All right, you got your two running backs. You do not have a number one receiver. <coughs> There are some guys that are going to come up that will go to Jacksonville for two reasons. Show me the money. And I'm just saying that. That makes that, it a whole lot more attractive. And, and, this, <laughs> and, and, and this is the thing, though, Kevin. Think about this. Allen Robinson started, got drafted by, uh, got drafted by uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, moved on to free, free agency uh, with, the Carol- I mean, with the Chicago Bears. He's up for a new deal, right? Devontae, Devontae Adams. People go, Devontae Adams, won't go, Devontae Adams won't go to Jacksonville. Yes, he will, too. Why? Everybody wants to play in a team that can contend with a young quarterback that can give them the rock. They got both. You talk about Tennessee. Well, the band gonna break up. Ryan Tannehill is not the answer. You got to find a way to tackle uh, Derrick Henry. You got a shot to win. You talk about Houston. Deshaun Watson is not going to be a Houston Texan next year, he, so he's not going to be in your division. So right now, you might have arguably the best quarterback in the division. Now, you got to get. You got a lot. Arguably, I was just ar- say that. But that, I mean, that's a heck of a statement. I'm, I'm gonna tell uh, you yeah. why. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not saying uh, that. Uh, you know, uh, when you talk about Trevor Lawrence, that he's better than Carson Wentz. But think about this, Kevin. Who do you trust? 
I mean, Carson Wentz, has he shown you can trust any way he's been? He got hurt with his feelings, started bickering and complaining after he signed his new deal because of Nick Foles, so he moves on to Indy, right? He is good enough to win you a game, and he is good enough to lose you a game. And when you needed to beat a Jacksonville Jaguars team to get in the playoffs, you got beat by this team. So if you talk about Jacksonville, you get Evan Neal. Okay, now you got Juwan Taylor still on a rookie deal. You got Evan Neal, uh, you know, as a rookie. You talk about a guy like Josh Allen. I think he's going into year five. He's a he's a he's a piece you can build but build around. You talk about some young. You got Lavisca Chanel. I don't know what's going to happen with DJ Chark. I don't think they're going to bring him back. Got to get another one receiver. Got to get a tight end. But then you got sixty million dollars to address that defense. Like sixty million dollars. And I think what happens is too, you get you a number one receiver. You get you some. You get you you get you a credible. Uh, you get you somebody big time that's uh, rushing the passer. Because I, I tell you this, Calais Campbell, Anika Nakwe, Jalen Ramsey, all, the, all those guys gone, you know, moved on to different places. You got to be able to add some veteran leadership to that defense. But you're talking about, a, you, just like the NFC South, you're talking about the AFC South, that, I mean, the Titans won, but they don't scare nobody. It's the same Titans team that got beat at home, you know, uh, having the best record in the AFC by Cincinnati Bengals team, but they sacked nine times. So that's motivation. And Trevor Lawrence going to year two. Got banged up year one. Hopefully, but but he did it with a coach in Urban Meyer who didn't know what the hell he was doing. Doug Peterson's coming in, one of the few coaches, Kevin, in the National Football League who has won a championship, but he did it in Philly. So he did it in a place that hadn't done it. Now, Jacksonville is a totally different ball game. I'm not saying that, but you got the cap space, check. You got no one picking the draft, check. I think you got, what, four of the top 75 picks in the draft. That's before you even get the free agency. I think that Jacksonville is in a really, really good spot, and everybody said, I don't think they're going to compete. Well, dude, I'm sorry. Like, it's not like the – listen, if the, if, if the AFC South is one of the worst divisions in football, that favors Jacksonville. So they're going to have to deal with – they're going to have to deal with the Colts. Obviously, Derrick Henry going to be healthy next year, uh, you know, with the Titans. But I think they got good a shot as any, Kevin, because they got, they got the top picks in the draft. They got guys coming back. Travis Etienne, who's really going to – it's going to be a second year, but really it's rookie year because he hasn't played. You got $60 million in cap space to go out there and get almost any veteran you want. Again, uh, you look at the the AFC. I'm not again, I don't think anybody in Jacksonville right now is saying, hey, Super Bowl. I mean, I think that that road is Yeah, yeah. Cincinnati got everybody to take you. All you gotta do is no, a lot of things got to go I in. I mean, your but favor you're talking too. about Kansas City. You're talking about Josh Allen. You're talking, you're talking the, about Cincinnati. Cincinnati's still with with Joe Burrow. So there's a number of really, really good teams out there that I think you're going to have to contend with before you even start talking about that. But can this be a team that's at least respectable? Yes. And I think that's what you're trying to get to. And I think certainly with with all that money to spend, if you can't attract anybody there, I, I, again, I, I don't know how many times in the offseason, you, if you're Shad Condi, you look at yourself and go, okay, maybe, maybe it's, I'm not saying me, but maybe it is us. Like maybe it is trip balking. Maybe they're like, why with all this money that we can offer free agents and why with the number of coaches, I mean, despite what, People think, I mean, there's not but 32 potential possibilities for a head coach in the National Football League, and you had one of them. You had the, you had an opportunity open first, right? You were the first one that had an opportunity open, and you had a number of guys who were interested and said, nah, not, not with that guy. Why can't you attract head coaches? Why can't you attract potential free agents? I think you'd have to do some work self-evaluation if that's a pot. With all this money, can we not get some good guys to come and play in Jacksonville? And if you can't, I think you got to do another side. I was like, hey, well, we have $60 million in cap space to spend. You, ha- As you said, ben, I think you don't have to spend it all on one guy. Like, you don't have to go, hey, we'll give you $50 million. Like, you don't have to spend it all on one guy. But I do, as you said, you do need to make somebody that's like, okay, we got Trevor, 
Who else can we get excited about on this team? Who else is going to be a guy that's going to go out there and make plays? Because we, it's been shown time and time again, and especially in football, Ben. You know, you can't have one guy and then no. everybody else. Yeah. Hey, we we spent all our money. I mean, it's been tried, and bless him, he's done a really good job. With, I mean, essentially, like you know, Aaron Rodgers. Hey, Aaron, we'll give you a couple of linemen, one receiver. Go get him, and he does a dang good job doing it. But never had a a, a, a lot of running game. You know, defense uh, kind of. Took a back seat at times for for Green Bay. So I think if you're Jacksonville, you need to be able to say, look, it's Florida. It's no state income tax. It's beautiful weather. Is Jacksonville South Beach? No. But it's, it's, it's not like it's Buffalo either. Exactly. So, it, I mean, it, it's, it ain't South Beach. But it, it was. It's warm weather, nice city. So uh, you should be able to attract something. And I do think you need to get that free agent that makes you say, whoa. Because I think the, the lasting taste for for me and a lot of other people would be, you had a star player, and it wasn't like Jacksonville wasn't going to pay it. But you had Jalen Ramsey coming off an NFC championship here, or excuse me, AFC championship game appearance, basically say, I, I want out. I, I can't be here anymore. Mm-mm. Why is that? Uh, so, uh, again, that's the, that's the lasting taste to me is like you had great players. I mean, you, it could be one of those things where you look back at that Jags defense that year and say, man, we got a bunch of studs that all ended up going and doing great things with other teams. What happened? Uh, and I don't think you can let that happen again if you're you, You've got to land somebody that I think makes you go, hmm, that's a pretty good pull to get Jacksonville, get him to come to Jacksonville, pay him, and, and he's ready to go. Yeah. And now, Kevin, one thing, you know, that elephant in the room that we haven't yep. discussed is old Trent Balky. Sure. Now, and nobody knows what his kind of role is going to be. But I will be, say this. I do think that, uh, I do think that Trevor Lawrence has enough star power that, that people will look past it. Because at the end of the day, they ask Gronk. Hey, Gronk, you're going, you know, Tom Brady's going, you know, whoever you want to go. He said, I like that Joe Burrow. People are like, hmm? Because the thing is, you want to be able to attract, you know, stars. You want to be able to attract uh, veteran stars. There are, there are going to be a lot of receivers that's going to be, listen, Mike Williams out of Clemson, when they won the championship, he's coming up in the free agency. He'll go to Jacksonville. Why? Close, not, not, close to home, on the East Coast, where he's from, you know, different thing compared to being out there. Listen, you're going from, you're going from, you know, you know South – California taxes to, to no tax, and he'll come through. <laughs> and let's face it, Herbert, he like a young quarterback. You're going from Herbert to a, you know, to a Trevor Lawrence, so I don't think you're losing anything. We, I, I mentioned Chris Godwin, who obviously coming off of ACL, uh, you know, tear with the, with the Tampa Bay Bucks. He's up. Devontae Adams. You're going to have guys, Eddie Robinson, I mean, uh, that, that, I, that I talked to you about, that, that got drafted by Jacksonville. I don't think attracting team, uh, players is going to be a problem. I think the I think the one thing they need they had to have a veteran coach that was that had respect they got into Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson's a guy that respected. I mean, every, they try to do the freaking Philly special in the freaking Super Bowl with freaking Matthew <laughs> Stafford. It's not like the thing is going it's going away. But I do think Kevin the division, the young the young guy in Trevor Lawrence, a guy that's going to attract a lot of people, um, a chance to get paid, get a, get a big time contract if you are a free agent, and you're going to get some big time talent. Uh, you know what tops what seventy five. Uh, well, four of the top 75 picks in his, in his upcoming draft, you're going to be able to look totally different. Now, you still got a young team. Still got to figure out how to win. But I think as far as like a huge first year to second year turnaround, I think Jacksonville is going to be one of those mid-tier teams this year that could be could be on the outside looking in to potentially be a playoff team. And everybody's going to point to Cincinnati, obviously. And I think, as you know, been copycat leagues. Everybody's going to say, look, Cincinnati said we – everybody said you need to protect Joe Burrow. They went and got a wide receiver instead. Now, I don't think Jacksonville is going to do it, but I mean, because I think if they take a receiver number one, uh, people will be <laughs> really upset. Oh, really upset. But, I, but you look at what you kind of went against the grain a little bit. It was like, we got to protect Joe. No, get young, get playmakers, 
and get good. And, and that's kind of the way Cincinnati went about it. And they did not have a great offensive line. Again, that offensive line gave up 17 sacks in two games in the playoffs. And I think they gave up obviously over 20 yeah. during the playoff yeah. run. And that still, is all. And, that is and, a lot. Still made it, Jesus. And, and still got to the Super Bowl and still had the ball in their hands with a chance to go win the game. That is saying something. So uh, I, I, I'm not saying Jacksonville is going to go out there and say, Trevor, it's fine, man. We don't, we don't need anybody in front of you. you just, just go. We'll get you play. But I think people are going to look at the way Cincinnati did it and said, look, if nothing else, we need to be explosive. You can't be mediocre on defense, obviously, which I think Jacksonville is okay mm-hmm. uh, on defense. Um, not great, but okay. And you can do some things in, in the league. And I think you really want to see that in Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and as you said, it's been, to me, offensively, who wants to come play with him? And I think a lot of people should be excited about coming to play him. We've got more to come here. Three and out. Final hour of the show, 912-342-7184. You can join us here on Three and Out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Great to be here on this Thursday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Glad you are with us. So much to get to. As we roll on throughout the week, NBA All-Star Weekend upcoming uh, as well. Uh, so, again, no LeBron. Ben's trying to get LeBron in the dunk contest. I mean, what's 39 up? years old. Yeah, I uh-huh. mean, it's time. Like, I mean, Kevin, the thing uh-huh. is it, I mean, I mean, listen, he, he, he. I know that's your favorite sound effect. You uh-huh. get the button. I'm hamstring. Because, uh-huh. Kevin, I mean, because the thing about LeBron is, I mean, LeBron is, I don't know, listen, he's, 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 he's carved out of a lab. You know, building a lab. I don't know. But I'm just doesn't he doesn't let me say it right. He doesn't owe us anything. He's never cheated a game. But that's that's like the I mean, he obviously wanna win another championship with Ty Kobe. He don't gotta do that either. He's on the Mount Rushmore. Go get a dunk contest, man. Like, what else you got to do? Does he think people are going to hold like that against him? I mean, I know people like uh, I know people hold stuff are, are petty and they're like, "Hey, you didn't win it," and Michael Jordan won that. Like, I get that, <laughs> but I'm saying like it's the dunk contest. Like, nobody's really going to be like I've never heard one person say. Only thing that comes about MJ in the dunk contest is one that he did it and two dunk from the foul line. And, Outside yeah, of that, and, like, and, 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 and he arguably beat Dominique. By the way, like that that was that was a very no. I think sometimes Kevin. We are a little bit too uh, ego-driven. like, And obviously, it's easy for us to say that we ain't LeBron. I get it. LeBron is talked about every day, even when he's not playing basketball. But, I mean, look, just like just like I said, John Moran, he's sitting there. He come out. He said, I want to end it. If LeBron say, I'm in it, what are they going to say? No? We got another. We got another. Nah, Dwight Howard tried to that's end it. That's the ultimate. You're not on the list. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like, like John like, Moran like, comes like out Dwight, and he's like, I'm Howard. in. You're out. Yeah, yeah Dwight <laughs> Howard is a two-time a uh, dog contest winner. If he tried to end, they go, nah, Dwight, we we good. What? He he won that year. He threw it in the basket with the Superman yeah, yeah, cape, he right? The, he had the little baby cape on. And it wasn't actually a dunk. Like, do you consider that a dunk if you, like, throw it in? Nah, nah. He, nah do you nah, have but, to but, grab some because, kind of rim? Because, he, I mean, he's freaking, I mean, he's, he's let's face it, 6'11 and 7 feet. Just like 29 <laughs> is 30. I don't want to hear that nonsense. I'm 6'11. <laughs> You're 7 feet tall. It's fine. But I just think, Kevin, come on, Brian, bro. Like, bro, LeBron probably gets sick of us, right? Like, I get it. We always want to do stuff. Well, do it. Like, you've done everything. You've won a championship of every team you've been on. You're arguably the greatest number one overall pick of all time. You're on the Mount Rushmore of basketball. You're going to leave the game with all the most points in NBA history. You're want you you're really trying to play till you 50, like 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 Tom Brady. You're really trying to do it. I mean, listen, and I'm going to say, LeBron, I love you, and I'm going to say this. If you ain't embarrassed by how you top of your head be looking. <laughs> 
What is your fascination with 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 his dome? But Cam, I'll tell you, it's not. I, like don't, I know, but, but Cam, you have to understand. Ben has been fascinated with the Brian no, James no, no, hairline no, 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 no. for years. No, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna no, tell you no, what it is. No, you have. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you what it is. No, that's confidence. Like <laughs> to me, it is because think about this. You, you know, <laughs> the person with the most pressure on him in life, in life, is the guy to do LeBron's hair because <laughs> because because think about this. No, no, for real. I mean, okay, think about this, Cam. Cam, this your homie. You and LeBron homies, right? You ain't going to say nothing in public when he come out. But when the cameras go on, you be like, hey, boy, what the hell? <laughs> okay, I give you Carlos Boozer. Carlos Boozer <laughs> did the Beijing, but he did it on his whole head. And when he came out there, people was like, boy, what the hell? Like, like you know, so all I'm saying is this. All I'm saying is this. All right? If I, I I guarantee this, LeBron, he's a he's a he's a starter. I, mean, I think he so got the for all stars' sake. No, the no, hair no, comes no, back. Is that what you're every saying? Time, no, every time LeBron, when LeBron did Space Jam, see how, you see how nice it look up there. It look good. I'll be honest, I have not seen Space Jam too. I don't know how I have not seen the Space Jam. Okay, here's the thought. Because my kids have watched it about seventeen okay, times. But you I watched Super Bowl, didn't you? Did you see the commercial with old right now? Right. LeBron talking to young LeBron. Yep. You saw you saw right now, LeBron. You saw that you saw it up there looking good, didn't you? <laughs> well, it was no flaws well, in that's it, right? A commercial. And, uh, hold on, but what I'm saying is, LeBron's saying, "Look, okay, I'm gonna do this for two things. One, I'm gonna be seen at the at the uh, you know the, you know the, uh, the festivities like with the with the, the dunk contest. I, I'm gonna sweat this out. I, <laughs> I, I I'm keeping this for the All Star game. No, I, listen, I love LeBron. Listen, LeBron one of the coolest superstars you've ever because you feel like you know him and you've never met him in life. But Cam." If you and LeBron was kicking, at a certain point, you're going to say, LeBron, can I say something to you? Well, I don't want you to, you know, like, you know we can see that, right? Like, what you mean? Like, like it looked like it looked like a divot. Like, in the top, like somebody went four and just hit that thing. And I love LeBron. LeBron, though, man, I'm just saying, I want him to be in the dunk contest, Cam, if he's in it. You're going to favor whatever dunk he does because he's 37 years old, you know, LeBron is a thick. LeBron ain't big. He's just thick compared to all the other football, all the other basketball players. The older you get in basketball, the higher your shorts get. Look how little LeBron's shorts are. It wasn't like that when he first came in. Look how little you can almost see his tights underneath his shorts because he's trying to show off the quads. All I'm saying is, LeBron, do it for Kevin. Kevin yeah, no, wants no, you to do apparently this. Apparently, he needs to do it for you because uh, you. I mean, again, you are fascinated with the top of LeBron's no, no, I'm head. I'm fascinated, I, I, with, two, I don't I'm fascinated with two people's hair. Him, LeBron, and the comeback player of the year in 2022 is not Joe Burrow. It is Drew Brees' hair. Because Drew Brees' hair, <laughs> I said, what? Am I the only one? I saw Sunday Night Football, and I said, what the hell? Who is that? They said, that's Drew Brees. And Drew Brees kind of looked away and looked at the camera. I said, that ain't Drew Brees. Oh, my God. I thought that was... Uh, you don't have to wear the helmet. I guess it grows back. I don't know. I thought that was a dude off of Tiger King. I said, that's Drew Brees. <laughs> Kevin, you, you saw his hair now. Come on, I, Kevin. I get it. I, I said, get it. I said, and listen, once again, he's bold. He said, hey, and they said, Drew, you're going to be on Sunday Night Football with Mike Tirico and them. What? Yeah, man, it's going to be you, Mike Tirico, and like Tony Dungeon. Oh, man, I got to, I got to get right. And then he, I don't know where he went. He said, LeBron. LeBron said, I don't know about you. We got different texture. But that stuff look good. Now, I ain't never seen him on those uh, jet ski or nothing. I ain't never seen him dive in no pool or nothing.
But I'm just saying, Kevin, when you see right now, when we get done, I want all the listeners go Drew, Google Drew Brees with the Saints and Google Drew Brees 2022, 2021, and think I'm lying. Now, you want to know what money can do? That's what money do. I can look how I want to. <laughs> so, love you, Drew. Love you, love you, love, love you, LeBron, bro. You know I love you like a like a third cousin. We got more to come. I was totally <laughs> off topic, but I was just—I'm I'm fascinated that Ben is fast. I mean, you—you uh, you have every year given us a symposium on LeBron's hair, you, or, you or potentially it. like there. I understand what you're saying. That's I why mean, I get the ad from. Every time I see LeBron hair, I see it going. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we'll, we'll come back. It's three and out of the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. We're streaming live ESP at Coastal.com. Good to have you back here, three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. As we're looking ahead to the draft, USFL draft coming up, your old uh, coach Jeff Fisher got the number one pick in the draft, Ben. I'm happy for Jeff Fisher. Um, I had a chance to uh, actually speak with uh, uh, one of our favorite coaches, Kevin Larry Fedora, former head coach <laughs> of uh, Southern Miss, former head coach of Is the he US- coaching in the Yeah, yeah, he, he's uh, the New Orleans uh, USFL team. He's actually head coach uh, of that team. But I will say this. When I think about opportunities to play professional, they're very, very rare. So, you know, you got 32 NFL teams, you got eight USFL teams, so in all you got 40, uh, you know, professional sports, you know, professional sports teams. Look, the USFL going to have some really, really good competition. We were talking about this, Kevin. 300-something guys get invited to the combine. 250-something guys get drafted. Half of those guys get cut. 53 guys make a team. 40-something guys dress. 30-something guys play. That is what you are up against. So even if you make the 53, now you got to make the 40, what, the 47. And after the 47, you got to be a starter. The USFL is going to be very attractive because you got instant credibility. You got Jeff Fisher, right? You got guys like Larry Fedora. You're still holding have... out for the XFL. I'm not going to change my loyalty, yeah, yeah, I'm, Ben. I'm I got to stick. I'm not either. Let, let's face this. Listen, when people go, and that's I know, the thing, too. The rock, now, I will say this, Kevin. The XFL was actually looking good, man. But once again, it wasn't built for a pandemic. The well, world not, yeah, yeah, not many so, were, yeah. When The Rock came in, and that's going to be something else to add. And on top of that, obviously you got uh, you got Canadian football, and you got arena football, but it's going to be other opportunities to play. You know, uh, national, and then you got you know New Orleans, you know you got uh, DC, you know you got you know different plates. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be spread out. But I am happy for the USFL. I think most of us only heard about the USFL growing up because it got dissolved before any of us could really see it. But some big some big time stars that played in the National Football League was in the USFL. First, Warren Moon, who was a uh, uh, you know an NFL Hall of Famer, got his start in the USFL. I believe Herschel Walker got drafted first in the USFL. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, but hey, I'm happy for the league. Um, Jeff Fisher found a way to be the most credible coach to get the number one overall pick. And Kevin, I'm excited to see who's going to end up in that league because we forget how many more backup quarterbacks that's made good money in the NFL going choose to go over to the USFL. To try to you know continue their playing career because I mean obviously they realize look man I'm you know the Charlie Badgers of the world is going away to Owen you know the Owen I mean uh, the Chase Daniels of the world you know I mean you want to see how you know you made good money I mean making five million dollars for ten years it sounds like fifty million to me right <laughs> and then you still get to go over there and try to be the face of a league so I am happy for the USFL I'm happy for all the coaches and the future players that's going to be involved because Kevin I mean think about this when the NFL season stops. Is when the obviously when the USL USFL season gonna start? They don't. I mean, what you got to compete with the NBA if the if, if MLB major league decides, baseball yeah, negotiations. Yeah, if, if, yeah, if MLB <laughs> decides to come back, but yeah, I, I am happy for the eight teams involved. I'm happy for the, uh, the the players and the coaches because, like I said, 
it, it is an opportunity to continue your athletic career uh, uh, professionally. And uh, I'm looking forward to see this draft. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm looking to see who's going to be in it. Yeah. And again, uh, we talked about the, the NFL draft. We were uh, looking at that earlier in the show. Uh, Todd McShay's mock draft said four quarterbacks going to go in the first round. Uh, ben, do you think that's high? I mean, I know you're talking about Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Sam Howell. And I know we start reaching on guys. Yeah. How many of those guys do you believe in as like this could be the face of my franchise type guys. I, I definitely think Kenny Pickett could be a face of a franchise when you look at how he elevated the status quo and the reputation of you know a pit. Because uh, let's face it, Kevin, he they wasn't the media darlings. Everybody thought it was going to be Clemson, 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 and it wasn't. Kenny Pickett didn't tail off, broke a lot of records. Now he's been a pit a long time, but I, I think that helps. Graduated, understands how to wait his time, be patient, but you see it paid off. Um, <clears throat> If you think about a guy like Malik Willis coming out of Liberty, I mean, the kid can flat out play. They said when he went to the senior bowl, he was the most impressive guy there. I mean, Hugh Freeze, I mean, let's face it, every year when you're talking about who's going to be uh, a potential head coach, and a head coach, Hugh Freeze's name comes up every single year. Um, Sam Howell is the guy that I think definitely deserves to be a first-round pick. You look at the things he did at UNC, let's face it, man. The expectation of UNC was not going to be met. I mean, we had talked about UNC in years. I mean, the same guy who had the most wins in UNC history, Went to Texas, came back, and was still had the most wins and that much time in between the Mac Brown and obviously uh, Matt Corral. I think Matt Corral might be the steal because he is dual threat. You look at what he's done in that Lane Kiffin offense the last two years and Ole Miss. And Kevin, look if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna like bet on somebody if you're gonna like you know go all it's gonna be for a quarterback because they make everything go. And people go, well, what if they don't make it? People don't pan out every year, every position. I don't know why we go crazy over the quarterbacks because they're going to get the most hype. So, yes, it started out, it's, it's going to be one, then it went two, and now Tom Pache got four. Mel Kiper's going to have five, and by the time it's all setting up, six. They end up going first round because you could you could end up getting the future of your franchise in the draft, and you might lay an egg. Well, sounds like the NFL draft to me, but, yeah, Malik Willis, uh, Sam Howe, uh, obviously Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral, I think of four guys. And, they, they, and, and listen, i seen one mock draft that had Matt Corral Going to freaking Pittsburgh. Oh my freaking God. You get a kid like that in there <laughs> with, with that with that with that stability, I think it's gonna be great. But I, I yeah, I think it's gonna end up being four, Kevin. I think all four guys come from four totally different systems, but I think all four gunslingers, all four uh, have shown the ability to uh, elevate the status quo of their teams within those conferences. And I think but I think Kenny Pickett is the most is the most impressive because you did it, you 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 did it in an ACC that nobody expect you all to do anything and you, you know, play Wake Forest in the ACC championship game. ACC, now, you got rule changes going on, like, you know, the tough he, rule. He, yeah, he, he, he authored a rule change. You can't fake slide now. <laughs> but he did look good. He did look good doing it. So, Kenny Pickett's probably first off the board. Malik Willis second. Sam Howell and Malik and uh, Matt Corral is probably like, probably like uh, you know, mid first round or late second, first round. But I think it's going to end up being four, yes. Yeah, and again, I, I it'll be interesting to see who goes in on quarterbacks. I know you got – a class next year that will have quite a few uh, very attractive quarterbacks in oh, it. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you just, I, I just wonder who reaches. Who's the one that panics? And, and we see it every year, Ben. Uh, and I understand it because people say quarterback is the most important piece of your whole team, right? I mean, hey, if you got uh, Joe Burrow, I mean, the rest of our team can be a little deficient, right? I mean, that's kind of what the Bengals said. Look, we gave some playmakers. Our offensive line was not the best. We could kick field goals, but we have the quarterback. Pretty much everybody that was in the playoffs right now is like Joe Burrow, 
Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, DeGoat, they all pretty felt really, really good about what they were doing uh, at quarterback. Maybe San Francisco was the only one that didn't, but they got a guy waiting in the wings that they feel good about. So I understand the need, but there's always, for every one of those, Ben, it seems like there's the Christian Ponders, the Jake Lockers, and, and others where you're going, like, who was talking about this guy? And now all of a sudden you've, like, jumped up in a draft and just had to get him. I'm wondering who that's going to be this year. I'm, I'm wondering, too, because um, I think sometimes, Kevin, we forget how big this hype train is. And no, nobody's going to get more having these quarterbacks. They're going to show the same. It's something about saying the same guy's name every day on a 24-hour, you know, uh, you know, news cycle for the next two months. Sure. I mean, you know, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, smitch it below 6'5", <laughs> Wyoming, I got it, right? But uh, I think I think sometimes we forget, look, Quarterback change the whole dynamic of your franchise. Russell Wilson, third round pick, going to Seattle. They've been different ever since he's got. Now he had help with the Legion of Boom and you know Marshawn Lynch, but we expect them to be a playoff contender every year because they got Russell Wilson. I mean Peyton Manning. You know, look at what he did for a franchise with the Colts. And wasn't about talking about the Colts like that until he got there. Now they gave him Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne and Dallas Clark and Bob Sanders and you know uh, and so on and so forth. You talk about Cincinnati. I mean, you got a guy that's saying, look, man, I'm, you, talk about, you talk about the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. I mean, you talk about Ben Rosenberg and Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers. When you get a guy, you, you talk about Matty Ice. Matty Ice has raised the status quo of an Atlanta used to be exciting because they had Vic. Like, they used to be exciting. Now, they went from exciting to actually going to a Super Bowl. Michael Vick got beat in the NFC Championship game by the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I give you, uh, you know, when uh, Andrew Crumbler got hit, you know, by, by, you know, by Brian Dawkins. Ooh, that was a hit too, boy. I just think that sometimes we forget, we get caught we get listen we get caught up in the tight ends and the, and, the, and the safeties and these hybrid type cornerbacks. Now, quarterback in the playoffs this year, name a team didn't have didn't have a top fifteen quarterback. You can't. Every team that made it had a top fifteen quarterback. Every last I one mean, of them. Could you make an argument for San Francisco? I know Jimmy G had his yeah, well, win, but well, yeah, Jimmy G and maybe even the Raiders. So you you can't. But I but I will say this though. Kevin, they both were veteran quarterbacks. They weren't top tier, but they were veteran guys. I just, I just think that when you look at the league, it's a young man's league. You're trying to get younger. You're trying to get better. In a hurry, through the draft, through free agency. I think if you're talking about a guy like Kenny Pickett, uh, Malik, because this is what you're doing. This is what really uh, scares you, though. If you don't get him, and that's a team that's killing you every year. You be like, every, What do we do with Mitch Trubisky? Every time, oh, man, Deshaun Watson on the board. And Patrick, well, that's based on what they become. Who are the two biggest contracts in the last two offseasons? That would be Deshaun Watson. That would be Patrick Mahomes. So I just think that getting a quarterback, while it is a stretch, if you get the right guy, you look like a genius, right? Because that's just how it go. Like right now, I don't know how good Zach Taylor is with a coach because he sucked before as a coach <laughs> record-wise before, before Joe Burrow got it. Now he goes to Super Bowl. Oh, it's Zach Taylor. But that's how it go, though, right? And got an extension, yeah. Exactly. Oh, Zach Taylor locking him up till. But, that's listen, you got to capitalize. Kyler Murray, got to see it. You know, Herbert, got to see it. But they're really, really good quarterbacks. I think the league is in a good place because a lot of these guys, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26 years old, and they're dominating the league. Hey, man, you get the right guy, who knows, man? You know, one, I mean, whoever Pittsburgh get got a got a really, really good opportunity to make it to the playoffs because Mike Tomlin never had a losing record since he's been the head coach. So something some got to be said for that. Obviously, Ben Rosenberger helps uh, the whole time he's had him. But we'll see, Kevin. But, yeah, four, that's where we at right now by the time the draft come. Now go to the fifth one. Now go to the sixth one. We will see whoever they reach on. But every I'm going to say this. If you get drafted, that's a reach. 
I don't care what no one says. We don't know how nobody is going to pan out. It's easy to talk about Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes came out of Texas Tech. They played no defense where he played. His favorite quarterback was Brett Favre. And when Pat Mahomes is good, he is the truth. And when he is bad, he looks like he got number four on his chest with Favre on his back. He do some stuff. But because he's won, we let it go. If you want to learn the quarterback position, do not watch Patrick Mahomes. The boy doing no-look passes, throwing. He's great now. He is great. But like you said, Kevin, if Joe Burrow would have won the Super Bowl this year, him and Pat Mahomes would have had the same number of Super Bowl championships. It's telling y'all it's about winning the big one, not just getting to the big one. Yeah, you got to put that, that ring on it at the, uh, at the end of the day. We got more to come here. Three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network.